exception of Miss Price here, there isn't a decent human being amongst you. Not one. Do you know what makes a human being decent? Fear. And therein lies the problem. None of you has anything left to fear anymore. still in here. They're after the place. They don't know why. They just remember. Remember that they want to be in here. What the hell are they? They're us, that's all. There's no more room in hell. What? Something my granddaddy used to tell us. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. I know all I need to know. Take care of me when I go. Just try to get some sleep, man. Save his strength. I, I, I don't want to be walking around like that. Don't do it to be sure I am coming back. I'm going to try not to come back. I'm going to try. It's the end of the world. We could gather half a dozen. Just with his weirdness. He's like, come to, he made us come to his house and like show him all this stuff and pitching him the movie. And the director is like, uh huh, uh huh. And he's like, you, you expect me to be scared of these aliens? <laughs> like, I'm not scared of anyone. You're just like, okay, all right. Eventually, we get at one point, he's like, I gotta, I gotta go. And he's like, no, 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 wait, stay. We, we can shoot my grenade launcher. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I, I, I go back I, I went back a couple years ago and started watching some of his early movies from you know when I was a kid and I remember liking them and they're yeah. still kind of okay but good lord his drop off is so quick and so mm -hmm. just 
It's like after Under Siege, it's done. He's already done. Yeah. Oh, uh, and that's it. Uh, yeah. What was it? Which is the one uh, where he's in Alaska and he's fighting the the oil rig uh, guys some, on deadly on ground. ground. On deadly ground, I thought was like the last time a a, a, a big production company was like, "All right, yeah. we're done giving this guy money. We're done. We're, we're done." And then he's like, and, and, and then he's no. like, "Where do I make my movies now?" And then and then DMX was like, "I got your back, man." Yeah, yeah, yep. We got you, dude. It's a whole new thing right That's now. Right. <laughs> Martial artists mixing with rappers. It's a thing. Let's go. We can make at least two of these things. Oh, they made like four of them. Is it dude, four? It was stupid. <laughs> stupid. Uh, Exit wounds, half past dead. Cradle, cradle mm-hmm. to the grave. Oh, yeah. Cradle, cradle to the grave was Jet Li, and that Jet one was actually not so bad. DMX well, yeah, and Jet Li. Jet Li's an actor, so that helps. Yeah. yeah oh, and helps. he's really good too. So I mean, yeah, oh, I, he, he pops up the fact that DMX is like was um, God rest his soul. Like he he was not an actor. No, no, but he but I mean, no. but he had draw though, you know. So yeah. people, I'll give it juice. You know, he was in something that were. Better, but it's just like. But they they, they did try to make him act a little bit in that one with the daughter and and uh, yeah. no. It's so just, stiff. Mm. You, know, you actually watch Cradle to the Grave? Yeah. I, I didn't watch Me- Cradle to the Grave. It's, oh, I, it's good. I, I, I was there. I liked it. <laughs> Is that right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, oh, anything Jet Li? Because yeah, this was early Jet Li to me. I mean, so I was excited to see him and, and things. He's yeah. He's uh he's pretty talented. Post the one pre the Expendables Jet Li. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, yep. I think. Yep. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I think this. I, I think, think it's pre one. Pre one, because one yep. was his like that one was the one where I was like, okay, we get to really see him go oh, off. Wow. Because uh, some hair in that one. Hmm. Yeah. I, I want to say given up at that point. I want to say yeah, but they were if pretty you, close. I mean, he had anybody this listening early aught. If hey, you hey. know which came first, Cradle to the Grave, yeah. or the One, please let us know in the comments. We would love. I want to say I want to say Cradle to the Grave was like oh one oh oh one, and then the One was like oh two. I, I want to say but the One came wrong. out maybe two thousand. Yeah, two thousand and two thousand one or one oh one oh two oh, because I, I, I those are those are you know oh oh memorable years going to be all over this. Uh, speaking of boat, uh, we'll, we'll bring him up in a few minutes, but I have an intro to get to, guys. So let's let's do this right quick, and we'll get going. So, um, <clears throat> hello everyone, and welcome to Spitting the Real Shit, uh, the only weekly movie podcast made exclusively by, for, and about the online Facebook group, The Real Shit. And uh, you are catching us on a very special day, because this is our 86th episode ever. And we are in week two of our Fear 4 month of programming throughout October. In keeping with the Romero zombie theme, week two brings us to the second in Romero's original Dead trilogy, 1978's Dawn of the Dead. Uh, We break down this horror classic as well as discuss how the zombie was portrayed from the premiere of Living Dead from 68 to Dawn in 78, along with a recasting game for the four main leads of our movie tonight. My name is Charlie Thompson, founder, administrator, and bracket master of The Real Shit, and joining me, as always, is my co-host and fellow administrator, one of Mike Dexter's boys, the midnight movie maniac himself, Rylan Johnson. What's going on, man? Uh, I feel that's like a right, wrestler intro right. right now. That whoa. you know, uh, you know, when there's no more room in Hellboys, the dead will walk the earth. So this is this is this is this one's fun. I haven't seen this in a long time. Dawn of the Dead is uh, 
It's, it's, it's just instant classic. You. So let's you. go. I I'm, can't I'm wait stoked. to hear about everybody's first viewings. But we still got a show to do here. We have a guest tonight. And our guest this week is no stranger to the podcast or even Fear 4 for that matter. Uh, making his record-breaking fourth appearance on Spitting the Real Shit, The Professor, Matthew Smith. Welcome back. How are things, man? Things are good. It's good to be back. I can't believe I finally, finally beat my nemesis, Bo. <laughs> exactly. You hear that, Bo? It, 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 se- it seemed like a flex. Uh, I, I think Andrew Edwards is in there too on the on the flex. Uh, but but he's he's mm-hmm. on his he's on his third time. But you can't. Nobody can take this away from you, Matthew. You are number four. Like in the record books, there'll, there will always be an asterisk here. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but yeah. He's like our Paul Rudd, you know, to Conan, I guess. Is that is that you know? He's just our our great returning guest, full of knowledge. Oh man, always has. A yeah, good man, show. he's 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 joined us three other times. Uh, first time, uh, we talked anime with uh, the movie, The Fist of the North Star. Uh, second time, we had him on for Fear Four, for uh, Jason Lives, uh, Part Six of the Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. And the cursed episode. <laughs> yeah, man, that's crazy. It's crazy with the audio. If you go back. If you can get through that episode at the very end, our, my mic starts cutting out real bad, and it's yeah, yeah. It's, it it was it was a bitch to edit as well. But I think I made it kind of entertaining near the end. So and and we got a tons of facts in that night. So, um, and then he also joined us for our one and only wrestling episode. Um, back in I want to say May of this year, uh, we talked for I want to say four hours about wrestling. Uh, I was able I was able yeah. to chop it down to about two hours. Uh, but man, I, it's one of my favorite episodes to ever listen to. I love talking. I love that I got a chance to talk wrestling on a podcast type format. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So welcome back, Matt. I'm excited to have you back. I remember whenever I announced the Fear Four, uh, you would hit me up saying, "Hey, I wouldn't mind doing Dawn." So I kept you in mind for for this time, and here we are, man. <coughs> Yeah, it was really, I was really stoked as soon as I saw the Fear 4 stuff was going to be the Romero series. Yeah. Um, you know, I could, honestly, I love all of the original three so much. I could have done any of these and it would have been happy. Uh, but Dawn is just that one that if I had to pick the one to talk about, it's got to be Dawn. It's had the biggest impact on me, the biggest, you know, impact, I think, on the industry on zombie movies in total so you know night is so important and i love you guys episode on night but dawn is just it's so much it hits so different and you are not alone in this on all cylinders it's hitting on all cylinders right exactly exactly it's a great way to talk about it yeah again um we are we are here to talk about zombies tonight guys and I'm, i'm super excited uh but i actually wanted to um uh talk about well hold on i'm trying to get through these top fives here um Suzy q number yeah three. yeah this is her first time congrats Suzy q i saw um, that congrats yeah, yeah. she's a she, she's a huge fan of the real shit and uh lo- love her to yeah. death we actually had lunch uh the other day uh, me and my wife had lunch with Susie. Yeah. um it's always fun to see her but uh <clears throat> but yeah so um i wanted to talk about uh physical media here guys um last week we had sean on and he was talking about um, or we were talking about the Batgirl debacle and how HBO Max is basically putting forth money and then accountants are seeing how it's, it's, it's more financially viable to just go ahead and write that off and cancel the film than spend money on 
Blu-rays and marketing materials and all that just to go to streaming and then crossing your fingers hoping it'll go to it'll, it'll make a profit on Blu-ray. So they just canceled it. So any Batgirl fan, you're just shit out of luck, you know. And so um, yeah. uh, w- with that news, we wanted to just kind of make sure that we were proponents of physical media and making sure that we're doing our part. We're, we're putting forth some money, put towards the industry to make to make physical media and the DVD market or the, the Blu-ray market viable again. You know, to where they're more confident in making these things and putting them out for the fans to, to buy, you know. Um, and so uh, each week we've decided to kind of showcase some of our purchases throughout the week. And um, I asked all of y'all before we came on the show to kind of have that by the by the side there. Uh, and I'll go first again. Um, let's see. Give me one second. You guys yeah, go absolutely. ahead. I'm listening, but I got to take my, my dog out real quick. I think. Yeah, I, I saw some commotion in the background. Um, right, exactly. Uh, so, uh, first on the list, um, me and the kid, we went to go get some, uh, fast food the other night. Uh, there was an old buy, sell trade shop, a couple doors down. I, I begged and pleaded, like, give me 15 minutes in here. Uh, I'll, I'll be quick. I promise. Uh, but the first one I picked up, I found a, uh, scream factory used copy of John Carpenter's vampires. Um, I think it's a highly underrated. I think it's a highly underrated vampire story. Uh, I think it's very, very Carpenter. Um, it's uh, if, if you know what I'm talking about, just the way uh, later Carpenter films looked. It just kind of had that open, open space kind of feel to it, like when he did, you know, kind of uh, crane shots and stuff like that. It was it was very Carpenter esque, and uh, vampires is no different. Um, it's it's a James Woods performance. Huge James Woods fan. Um, oh, and I, okay, I, uh, I, I can't go wrong with anything that he does. I always put my stamp on it. Um, and so I just had to get a copy of it uh, just to secure and make sure I got a, a copy of Vampires from John Carpenter. Um, That's good because um, for the longest time before Scream Factory put that out, that, D, that Blu-ray was hard to get mm. because the only company that put out a Blu-ray was Twilight Time and they were, theirs was limited to 2,000 copies. And wow! If you didn't get it, that was selling on the secondary market for over eighty at one point. Wow! Interesting! Yeah. Interesting! Mm. So, Scream Factory. Did which a- uh, which which Baldwin brother is that in that one? Which one? Uh, that one? John Carpenter's Vampires. Daniel. Baldwin? Yeah, uh, I think it's, it's, it's probably Daniel, it Daniel Baldwin. Hold on one second. Yeah, Daniel Baldwin. Yeah, Daniel Baldwin. Uh, He's the second billing uh, on the movies. Daniel Baldwin. That's, that's so funny. It's probably been about fifteen years since I watched that film. I can't wait to watch it again. Um, uh, next on the list, while I was at the buy, sell trade store, I couldn't help but pick up a copy because I thought it'd be a good conversation piece, um, of my personal favorite Star Wars movie. And that is Star (laughs) Wars, The Last Jedi. Uh, I know I am in the minority here of this thinking, but I also know that I am not alone in this thinking. Um, I adore Ryan Johnson. I gave, I gave Ryland a copy of Brick. Uh, for Christmas last year, yeah. you know, like that, that's how much I adore Ryan Johnson, everything he's put out, including knives mm-hmm. out uh, and everything. Uh, I, I've just been so impressed with him. He's a great filmmaker. And I thought last Jedi was no exception. I thought it was very Ryan Johnson. It's just too bad. It just happened yeah. to be a fucking star Wars film. Um, and, uh, and, and so, uh, I do, I, I love the movie. I think the action set pieces are great. I think the emotional tones within that two and a half hours are perfect. It doesn't fit on either side, but as, as a standalone movie, I think last Jedi 
it fucks so hard, dude. Like, and and I, I can't I I can't believe all the hate that it gets, but I understand why. Um, I, I would love to hear your thoughts, Matt. I, I, we've never talked about the Last Jedi before. Um, I will I will say this. I think it received more hate than it deserved, uh, but I do not think it was also. I do not think it was guiltless either. Uh, I'm I am not really a fan of it. Okay. I I absolutely adore Knives Out. Yes. Um, I, I think Great it is, is very much a situation of he had no business doing a Star Wars movie, right? And they had no business offering him a Star Wars movie. And well said. Well said. They had, they had no idea what they were doing or what they wanted to do, and he got kind of caught in the mix of. Oh. They offered it to him. So you get offered a Star Wars movie. What do you do? You take the Star Wars exactly. movie. Exactly. You do it. And it just, it doesn't hit for me. Yeah. But, you know, also people acted like fucking madmen. Oh, my God. Because of these movies. <laughs> and I just don't. I'm not one of those. I don't. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not crazy, like, anti-return. <sighs> but, you know, or, or, you know, it's just, it's, it was good. It's just, the whole, they, they messed it all up to me. All three of them were, were subpar. So this is not it's not a terrible Star Wars film and I'm less way less judgmental this come this time around than I was the prequels, you know with episode yeah. 1 2 and 3 so oh, were, were you... it, but it's just I think I think Disney's just fucking shit up they have too much power they have too much control uh it, it's just I'm I'm loving the shows you know Mandalorian and stuff better way better than these giant budget films which is crazy I think that's the route they're going to they're going to go for a while I agree and what are the reasons I like I like the real shit is we're talking about things that we like right and mm-hmm. and that's sometimes that feels like on the internet that's the minority is talking about stuff you like and not just like, yeah, kind of dunk fashion shit all the time absolutely yeah. so yep. I mean and I like some tra- let's be honest gentlemen I like some trash right. I like oh some yeah trash yeah movies. I love hot trash so you know. I mean, I, I grew up in the Come '80s, on, man, and there's, there's on. tons of it. I mean, but you, but you have to appreciate it, you know, and and and, and then appreciate it mm-hmm. on a certain level, to where you can take that that to the next one, and the next one, and the next one, you yeah. know, and and then you can gauge good or bad. But but yeah, that, but just just being a being a hate dumpster for movies, I I never signed off on that, you know. I, I'm like, no, yeah. I, the reason reason I'm doing this is because I love movies. I I I love talking about. Them. I love watching them. I love breaking down movies. Like why would I shit on movies? I'll find I'll find something. I mean, I, you know, there's some that are just in, in talking of zombies. I'm, last year, I think one of my worst reviews of this entire two years we've been on the show was was Army of the Dead, Snyder's Army 1. of the 1. Dead. 1.2, I believe. Uh, I mean, it was just bottom of the barrel, and yeah. because I was so, it was it's just the potential for that. You know, it's it's such a you're using a, a Snyder and and with it. It, it was it was a bad time for Hollywood and directors and co- post COVID and all that shit and it just showed in the film and it just I was very excited for it and it let me down so much that uh, it just it, it just just it was a bad move. Oh, I think I was a little harsh it, on it because I'm usually not. I usually will. Yeah, I, I don't think I give many sub parts, you know, sub fives ever because I know I'm, I'm older now. I know how much work and effort. And now that I'm become uh you know a, a, a student of cinema now i mean i study movies yeah. every week for two years now and my knowledge has gone up quite a bit but it's just now now i know enough to go ah that did suck and it does deserve probably a two or under well i mean it's it's like it's it's a classic you know case of on paper this shit is supposed to fuck 
Mm-hmm. Like you got you got yeah. Zack Snyder, Dave Batista, Zombies, Vegas, yeah. like all of it. Big budget. Right. I mean, all of it. I mean, you know, it's it, it's it's just set for up set up for success, but it it, it just wasn't it's even entertaining. It's all set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all show and no go. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't go anywhere. Or but do he anything. he's but he make he he's he's made a really good zombie movie with the remake of Dawn. Mm-hmm. I, I thoroughly enjoy that movie, and that was in '04 before I really had. I think I don't think I'd seen '78's Dawn okay. by then. So um, it was it the idea of the you know the, the apocalypse and the mall and that whole setup is I think is genius, and that was my first viewing of it. So I think Snyder. I think that's probably one of Snyder's best films, if not his best. I'm not Interesting. sure. Interesting. But uh, we, we got a show to here to do. We got a show here to do, guys. Show to do here, guys. Uh, my last, my last little buy that I got is kind of funny. Um, so we talked about Cannibal the Musical a couple weeks ago. Uh, we had our our buddy Milo Badlands in the house, uh, and he, uh, he, he we had a few too many and talked about Cannibal the Musical, and and I thought that uh, um, it'd be good if I just had a copy of it. You know, just we talked about it. I don't have a physical copy of it. I'll buy one, and so I got online and I bought one. But I misunderstood, I guess, the abbreviations on the on the buy. So I got the uh, the uh, the UMD oh, the, the UMD version oh, no. that you can only play on the PSP. Um, oh whoa! And uh, so that's my bad. You know, it sucks. I don't. I don't. I don't. They made a UMD uh, version did. of that. <laughs> that's that's you more mind boggling than you having it. <laughs> I never picked up a PSP. No, I, I never never felt the need. I do have a PSP, so if uh, you would, if you would like to move that copy of Cannibal <laughs> Musical on UMD, I will. Yeah, I, 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 we'll, we'll talk after the show. Absolutely, um, it's it's still sealed. It's still sealed in its package. I was going to send it back. Um, wow. But yeah, I thought uh, I thought that was kind of funny that I was really amped up to get my own copy after we talked about it, and damn it, I can't even fucking play it. Um, but uh, that's all I bought, got for this week. Uh, I'll, I'll pass it off to Rylan. Rylan, what did you pick up this week? Okay. Uh... Pretty quick, uh, hit up my, my local movie trading company. Um, saw an old special WD, uh, WB special edition of Enter the Dragon. I don't have a copy. You know, it's I love the the old hinged uh, out of DVDs. Print. You know, it's out of print. Um, I'm a big uh, you guys know that I'm a big martial arts guy, so had to, had to add that to the collection. Um, and then not not a movie, but grew up as they had this on a really good deal. The entire Batman the animated series. Ooh. Huge fan of that as on a kid. Blu-ray? I mean, this Damn. One, yeah, Blu-ray, dude. That's, um, That's a I great mean, set. I have that one too. Uh, I, 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 that that was such a good, damn good show as a kid, and, and I knew it at the time. I was so engaged in that uh, between voice acting and animation and just storylines. Uh, Mark Hamill's Joker, just Harley Quinn, the introduction of Harley Quinn. I love that show. I mean, I've got I've got my little I got my little Batmobile and Batman set up here. You know, oh, very nice. Well, I think it's one of the sexiest Batmobiles in canon as well. The, the so. animated series. Boom. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 You know. Um. So yeah. What about you? What about you, uh, Mr. Matthew Smith? What'd you pick up? All right. Now these aren't all from this week. Um. Because That's I also okay. I also dropped a uh, almost almost two hundred on that Shocktober sale. Oh, nice. Wow. Nice. Yeah. That, that stuff won't be here until probably you know Thanksgiving because those things are always so slow to ship. Yeah, because yeah. there's so many people ordering. But got a little thing in today. I got this uh, from the Prime Sale, Cowboy Bebop. 
Oh yeah. Complete series. Show. Nice. Nice series. Um, it's supposed to be pretty good quality. I haven't seen it before uh, on Blu-ray, but I used to have the old uh, Bandai release uh, before Funimation picked Interesting. it up. Interesting. So this is a nice upgrade. Some of the very few anime that I've watched throughout, and I have to love the, uh, the animation, and that is just so cool. Agreed. Yeah, it's so great. Uh, I picked this up not too long ago. This is Battle Royale 4K edition from uh, Arrow Video. This is the you uh, European version. You see the little 18 oh, yeah. here. Um, good thing to know for anybody out there, if you want to collect 4Ks, International 4Ks are perfectly fine. 4Ks are region-free by default. Nice. So it'll play on any uh, 4K player you got. Uh, this one does have a copy of it on Blu-ray, and that is region B locked. So unless you have a region-free player, you can't play the, the Blu-ray in it. But again, not available in 4K in the U.S., but uh, Second Sight, I believe, is this one is. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. So I have to cut in here right quick. Rylan, are you, are you super nerd in the region... Free region B, region A. Uh, that was that. No. That's like it's one of those. It's one of those rabbit holes you go down. You know when it, when it, when, it, when it comes to physical yeah, media yeah. collection is is they make they okay. make DVD players different in the UK and Japan and Russia and all that kind of stuff. And so they and so the discs are different. So some won't play on international players. And so they call them like region A, region B. You know. And so wow. and so there, there's certain iconography on these. On these physical media, you know, cartridges. There's no way to hack it. There's oh, no hacking yeah, involved. You, you, we can't get Angelina Jolie to hack into that, <laughs> that DVD oh, fire player burn. and yeah. figure it out. No, I. Um, no, I, I'm not aware. It, in I, actually, Battle Royale. I'm, I'm in, 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 in. I'm not aware Ooh, of that one either. Am I missing film. something great with film. that? Is is it? Oh, you guys got to do that on here one of these days. One, one, oh, yeah. All right, Matthew. Matthew, Matthew you got to give me a one second review. Go. <laughs> uh, Overview. Oh, it's like it's like the Hunger Games, except without hope. Ah, it is. Hey. What year? What year to come out? Uh, nine, this one came out in two thousand. The book uh, by Kushin Takami came out in ninety. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, school yeah. kids. Okay, okay. Yes, yes. I, I yeah. very, very cool. Uh, 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 the fight cinematography, game. correct? For kids. Very, very cool fight cinematography yeah. and, and and all that. I, I remember. Yes. Yeah. One of the actresses from it is. I believe is in the first Kill Bill as well. Interesting. Okay, cool. Oh, sweet. Uh, next up, I got this for my birthday. Uh, so, you know, it's a couple months right. back. But uh, American Werewolf in London, mm. Arrow Video. Ah. Now, this is the States version, so the Blu-ray and stuff still works in okay. this one. But, again, love oh, this yeah. movie. Wow. Uh, this is a movie me and my mom watched a lot, so it's pretty special for Very me. Nice. Transformation scene is is it changed yeah, my life. Still creeps it me out. Like I remember, I'm watching. I remember watching it on PBS yeah, yeah. with the commercials and everything, oh, and still just that and that cut. Jesus. I was like, "What the fuck?" Just, <laughs> just Mister Rogers, and then you're Dude, watching. It was yeah. I mean, it was it was prime time, shit. you know, of course. But, uh, but yeah, PBS used to, used to show like Monty Python movies and stuff like that. And it, when, when you when you uh, if, America, if you have I mean, the TV that's... guide ready to go. Yeah. But uh, okay. Ooh. We got Mandy, Blue Steel Book. I was I was so blown away uh, by that. We we did that one. Uh, I think year one, or was that yeah. year two? It was stepping into the and cage. Year two. Cheddar Goblin stickers. Dude. What, what's that? Oh, the all the stuff. The Cheddar Goblin. Oh, oh, that's fun. <laughs> Do you know how they made the Cheddar Goblin stuff? The uh, the Cheddar Goblin uh, mac and cheese. 
Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pineapple Frigo. That's funny. Dude, yeah, that, that movie was an absolute trip. I've seen it three times now, and each time it's just it's so fucking it's trip. So Why there's not a 4K of that, I have uh, oh, it no idea. It's so bad. Yeah. Gotta have a 4K of that. It is a visual. It needs piece. to be shown on a 75 inch screen with no pixels. Incredible. And the Cri- last one Cri- Criterion. Oh, dude, you have it. Oh, yes. Second Sight UK 4K set, all three versions of the film. So theatrical cut, Damn. extended cut, Argento cut, and an extras Blu-ray that is Region B because Mr. Rubenstein decided this set couldn't come out unless the Blu-ray was region locked because until his ransom is demands are met, <laughs> Dawn of the Dead is not coming to Blu-ray again in the U.S. I did not know it was being held hostage like that. Wow. Yeah. Supposedly, if you don't mind me asking, what what does that run you that the DVD? Oh, this one's not this one's not bad. This is I paid about I want to say forty five dollars for this. Not too bad. And that has them. Not bad for three discs. You know, you get yeah. all three versions of the movie. The yeah. movies still have some extras on them in audio commentary. It's just all the really good extras are on the Blu-ray, Document of the Dead, all the featurettes, that kind of stuff. And yeah. that's all, unless you have a region-free player, you can't play the region B discs. And the um, um, and again, that's because he doesn't want it released unless somebody pays him back for his ill-fated 3D, rest, uh, 3D conversion of Dawn of the Dead that nobody wanted, nobody asked for. Hey, he's... But it's finally getting released. He's the producer. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, but, uh, well, I mean, I, I can't wait to get into that when we talk about Dawn of the Dead, but, um, is that, is that the set with the soundtrack as well? Uh, no, I could not get, that is the limited edition version of this, which was oh, almost 200 man, bucks. I can't do that. Can't, I love Dawn of the Dead. I gotta remember, uh, currency conversion, you oh, know, yeah. we gotta pay in pounds, um, yeah. you know, because they're they're on a different, you know, thing than us. Uh, I don't know if it's a pound or euro, but um, you know, it's just more. And you got to have it imported. I got this from uh, Diabolik DVD, which you know they are U.S. based. They import the stuff for us and we'll ship it to you. Uh, but you know that costs money. Right. Cost money. To you're you're, you're, that, you're so. a true connoisseur of physical media, though. I, I enjoy. You know the the passion for it. Yeah, That's the region awesome. stuff and like you know not available in the U.S. That mm-hmm. was some of the stuff that really got my movie nerd boner like rock hard. I was like, come on, yeah. let's go, baby. <laughs> let's go. There's only one version of Friday Thirteenth with the extra part seven uh, footage on it, and I gotta have it. I mean, of course. Charlie's excited. Get out you, of man, the way. I'm telling you, <laughs> which I, I never, I never hit, uh, I never hit buy on that uh, Friday Thirteenth set. I was I was I was I was too yeah. much too. I, it, it wasn't it wasn't time. It wasn't time. I felt like when the second I did it, nope. my check engine oh, light that, was going to come on. I I remember Matthew gave me the information about when I bought mine to make sure to look at some specific letter or number or something on it. Going, hey man, did you get this version or this version? Because if you got this version, it sucks. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, there was some there was something left out or there was a blip in one of the I think it was it was yeah. seven or, or you know, something. Uh... So he let me know and he, and he and I told him the information. He's like, You're good, you're good to go. <laughs> so Yeah, I had to send mine I appreciate that. Send mine back. So you know yeah. to replace Yeah, I think I think you bought yours quite a bit before mine and, and I think uh they had, they'd hopefully fix that problem. You you got a much better deal. I was a I was a chump and I bought the version that came with the posters <laughs> like the day it was right. announced. 
and yeah. paid like $160. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Again, I think you can still get that maybe on, on Amazon, maybe still for 80 Yeah, I think I paid I think I paid 80 I can't remember. I can't. I can't. I think it was under 100 bucks. But, but I'll, I'll tell you this. I mean, early. Heck of a deal. Don't don't wait too long. That is a thing with Screen Factory. That stuff's not oh, going yeah. forever. And when you yeah. get that a print, it's not going to be 80. Well, it's going to be 300. And, yeah, me and Charles have been talking about it lately. Uh, you know, physical media is, is collectors are coming, like collecting things again. I mean, people, the shoe game is going out of, out of control. Mm-hmm. Pokemon. Uh, Retro uh, sport sport cards, you know, sporting cards that I grew up with, you know, it's becoming really, really big again. So, yeah, it's it's gonna hit I'm again. I'm excited. I'm excited to see all the new, all the new boutique stuff, and uh, just just I I just really hope it starts thriving again. Because like like Matt Damon said, you know, it's like getting a whole other chunk of it. You know, like well, let's give them a reason to keep making these fucking movies, guys. Like for real. Yeah. Um, Matt Damon. <laughs> but uh, but beyond uh, physical media, I want to talk about the group for a little bit. Uh, and here's a little video to uh, commemorate that. You guys know this one? Oh, this is the real shit. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity. Now you have my Show me what you're working with. Shake your ass. Watch yourself. Shake your ass. I came my dick in my yeah, guys. So, so maybe with my foot in your ass, be cool. Gotta say, we uh, we have the uh, '70s horror bracket going on right now in the real shit. Uh, we just started the Sweet 16, and would, wouldn't you know, on the day we're recording this is the day that Dawn of the Dead goes up against Black Christmas for the for the quarterfinal yeah. spot. Uh, looks like Dawn of the Dead is taking a huge lead. Uh, not surprising at all. Um, just. Ripping and tearing the flesh off of fucking oh, shit, Black I, Christmas I, like I it's vote. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Black Christmas in the Santa chance. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Uh, but I mean, but I, that's to be expected, man. I mean, come on, it's Dawn of the Dead. It's a classic. It's such. I mean, it's such a it's such a fight, though. I mean, Black Christmas is. It's that movie's so hardcore. Yeah. It's so yeah. so much. But you're all say that's the first it. slasher, you know, started up this the, that whole genre. So yeah, it was like it was it was kind of a it was a good it was, little. It was. Well, I mean, I, I kind of call it the Rosetta Stone of the slasher film, you know, like like it, like it was there. They just had to translate it, and then once they did, it was much easier for other people to copy it. Um, yeah, they had to yeah. they had to translate it from Italian. Exactly, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Um, but Mario Bava. Is- is getting angry that we keep talking about Black Christmas being the first slasher. <laughs> hey, come on! I thought this was America. I'm joking. Um, but uh, but so, so how far do you think Dawn of the Dead is going to go in this contest? Do you think Dawn of the Dead is a Final Four entry? I, I think it deserves every bit of it, uh, especially you know with my most recent viewing. It's been a while. Um, yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, to me, it's the the. The reason why we have The Walking Dead and 28 Days Later and, and all these, you know, these great, you know, just zombie films and TV shows of the last 30 yeah. years. So, no, I mean, it, it's just inspiration. But again, there's a lot of factors that come into the bracket. Rewatchability, you know, uh, the mem- the nostalgia of the film it plays a huge part to a lot of voters, you know, like the, the, the time and right. place in which they watched it first time or, you know, a special time that they watched it, which is such bracket shit. And, and I, I want that. I, I want that to be <laughs> the backbone of the bracket is everybody's personal opinion, not the snobby. What should you vote for? I want to know 
Like, yeah, yeah if, if you think this one is better than that one and you got a great story, I would love to hear that story. You know? Yeah. Black Christmas had plenty of you No, know, it's, it's, it's got a few. I think yeah. uh, even your boy David Sakura voted for uh, Black Christmas. That's all. And, that. um, I and saw so. That. I think he's just I think he's just got a Santa Claus fetish, <laughs> but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But, uh, but so, um, I, I wanted to talk. It's going to be tough to beat Chainsaw, though. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it yeah, goes yeah. to Final Four, there's a chance it might go up against Texas Chainsaw in the Final Four. Um, yeah, but uh, but I wanted to talk about uh, your thoughts on these voters' choice entries. Uh, mainly, I mean, we haven't talked in a while, Matt. Uh, Spinal Tap made history in the last bracket, becoming <laughs> the the first ever voters' choice champion in the bracket. Uh, meaning that I was worried if they were going to run the gamut on this bracket, which it didn't seem to work out. But there was some talk about Close Encounters not needing to be on the bracket because it's not near as scary as other fair. I wanted to get your thoughts on Close Encounters and if you think it, it deserved a spot in this bracket. Uh, I mean, I, I think I put this in when I, I put my vote in. Like, I love that movie. I think it's an amazing movie. I think it has one of the best endings for a, for a science fiction movie that you're going to see, which is both an amazing kind of just awe-inspiring ending, but also, like, the ramifications of it are are horrific exactly like it is it is the utter death of a family this guy is like i'm gonna go to space right (laughs) i'd rather be in space than with you it's like damn it's just like i know i had problems with my dad but jesus he never wanted to just get a spaceship right exactly no i i mean yeah that's that's a great point you know like like what, what could compel a person could i be compelled in that way if i saw that and then just became obsessed and kicked my wife out and made a giant mud pile in my in my living room you know and uh yeah i mean just the unveiling of that movie i thought was was kind of scary you didn't know you had no fucking clue what what was going to be unraveled in the later narrative you know uh, like you got bits and pieces you know you got speculation everywhere but then once it actually happens it's even more grand than you even thought it was going to be you know, and uh, and so yeah, I, I thought it, I thought it had a chance to at least play in the first round, uh, but it didn't make it. But uh, Clockwork Orange did make it. Uh, I'm excited to see how far Clockwork Orange is going to go. I mean, seeing as how it's it's just high end exploitation, you know. But uh, I mean, but it's done very well. Mwah. Yeah. I mean, come on, it's a, it's a fantastic film. I I I get why it's it's held in right. high regard, but I've never really. I've never thought it was just that, you know. Upper echelon, yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, there's some people that would totally disagree with you. Oh, oh, yeah, plenty, it's, plenty. It's also it's it's the same it's the same issue I have with uh, with Close Encounters. I I just can't uh, bring myself to call it a horror movie. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's a great it, movie. I think it but, has. You know, there's 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 just yeah there's some there's some heavy hitters in the '70s. You've got Exorcist and and. Chainsaw, Omen, just, Jaws, God. Omen. I mean, you know, Halloween's excluded because it's an ex-champion winner. But I mean, to me, those four alone, you know, are, are I think, the best out of the seventies. Yeah. So, yeah. But there's there's tons of you know there's tons to, to chew on, which I love. It's it's uh, it's the seventies. It's kind of a uh, it's we we did a whole decade uh uh, uh thing about it. I mean, it's it's such a changing decade from like seventy to to seventy nine is. It's sixties and seventies. Yeah, both culturally crazy. and technologically. Yeah. Yes, I mean, you, it, it's a huge leap from 
let's say 69 to 79 it's crazy new hollywood you know just just anything goes there's creativity no boundaries about what can be a movie what you can talk about what you can just 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 let it all out and america and even you know other parts of the world too we just did we just everything you look at some of the stuff again and like what we're going to talk about later with dawn it's like there's stuff in this movie you're like holy shit they put that in mm-hmm. a movie and released yeah. it wide right. to theaters balls the balls you know, yeah you know, just so much stuff absolutely 70s were just realism it's like realism it's it's the first time that i've you know I, I i'm sure there's some 60s movies that do it too but the 70s really are the first decade for me that put that grittiness and that realness and that griminess to, to a movie where you know especially the golden era i mean these sets and these these actors and everything it's just it didn't seem real even you know, so even some of the you know, even some of the really harder subjects of those time and movies of that time, they don't hit like the seventies hit to me. They're way more grounded and and dark and gritty and. It's, well, I mean, plus, it's, it's I mean, plus they were actually doing filmmaking. Film. You know, they're exactly. actually it was actually film going through a reel, you mm-hmm. know, rather than just a digital camera being pointed yeah. at stuff. You know, yeah. like like the process was way harder. So I mean, On the so street, you know, so so uh, the you know, ability the so the ability to make a good film was even that much harder because you were dealing with actual film. So there's a lot more passion involved in these things, you know, rather than Boots just... on the ground stuff, you know, you know? Yeah, rather than just getting on your computer and editing digital video and audio. Like, you have to... In guerrilla filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and... Know, like, think about uh, how many movies got made without yeah. permits. <laughs> and how many things got made where you're just like, are we just going to shoot in the middle of the night? And if any cops show up, just tell them we're doing yeah. something else. And... Yeah, like, but if the movie if the movie sucks, yeah. you're getting arrested. But if the movie's good, yeah, 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 yeah you're gonna be lauded as a, as an auteur, you know, um, an auteur. An auteur. Uh, but yeah, so um, I'm, I'm excited to see with final four, the finals. If I've lined it up properly, the bracket should end right around Halloween. So if my timing is right, so I can't wait. But um, after that, guys, uh, we got to talk about zombies, guys, um, which is the reason why we're all here, right? So. Uh, pardon me. Let's do it. Um, uh, last week on the show with Sean McCord, we talked about you know the beginning versions of the zombie back in the 30s, 40s, and then until it got to 68 with Night of the Living Dead. Uh, we talked about you know just the change that Romero made, uh, and just and just was a huge wake up call for the horror genre, for film in general. You know the the way you can use allegory in that way. Um, but I wanted to talk about the impact of Night of the Living Dead. You know, going forward until we get to the next chapter in Romero's saga, which was Dawn, which took 10 years to get from night to dawn. And within that time, yeah. you, you had a few good zombie films. Um, but I think it's, an, in, in my opinion, I still thought people didn't really know what to do with zombies. You know, like, like uh, Italy took a huge interest it- in zombies after Night of the Living Dead. But really the American audiences and American studios still didn't know... How to do that? They're still treating it like a siege movie, like Night of the Living Dead. Like it was still just that one immediate, sorry, that one immediate enemy that you had to overcome, you know, and not and not and not really yeah. like thinking, you know, ten steps ahead like Romero did. Um, and so I wanted I wanted to talk about that, and, and I wanted to give just a few recommendations here, guys, uh, between sixty and seventy eight. And any thoughts on the time in, in between? I, well, I, I was going to ask. I mean, I've heard, you know, I've did a little research, but Romero initially didn't have any. Uh, you know, it, any thought about making a sequel to this t- t- tonight? 
uh, 68. So, I mean, I heard it was his friends egging him on or, you know, people around him in his, in his life saying, you need to make another one of these, man. You know, and, and he got inspiration by visiting this mall and blah, blah, blah. But I'm so surprised that it was he just he just made, an, you know, the, the 1968 classic and was just like, man, I'm good. I mean, I just I, I wonder why it took 10 years for him to, to crank this one out. Well, I mean, I, I had a note on my Don talk, uh, but, but to answer your question, in my opinion. Like, I think Romero is like one of those, like, a, he's a survivalist director. Like, yeah, he, he's a yeah. guy that got into this business to make a living, you know? And, and mm-hmm. he's like, and he loves making films. He's not, he's not particularly picky about what subject it needs to be done. But, but there's this guy, he has some money, he wants to make a film. I know how to make movies, you know? And so, and so it's yeah. a way for him to just make a living and feed his family. And that's, I've always thought that's what oozed from Romero's films. It's just, he's mm-hmm. very technically good. Uh, but on top of that, I mean, he's still part of the counterculture and he wants to have these messages. <clears throat> but it's his simplistic way of doing it to where it yeah. seems subtle, but it's so overt, you know. And yeah, and, yeah. and so I think whenever Night of the Living Dead popped off, he wasn't looking at it as like, oh, I'm going to make this trilogy and, you know, I'm going to have this mm-hmm. long form arc. He's thinking, oh, man, I'm going to get a lot of jobs after, <laughs> after, after yeah. this hits. Yeah, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to get a lot of directing jobs, you know, which he did. He did get a lot of directing jobs. You know, like Martin is one that I love. You know, it's a, it's a great 70s Romero film. You know, but, I, but that's what I thought Romero was. He was just a working director. You know, just a guy, like yeah. a, a guy offers him a project. Shit, I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> you know, like, until, and, and, like yeah, until I get an idea, let's make some fucking movies. You know, I love making movies. I love the, I love the process, you know. And, um, and that's, that's my answer to your question. Is, yeah. um, is yeah. that, That's how I always thought and, of it. And, and you, I... You know, I did some research, and, and I don't know a ton about this genre in the 70s, so I, I dove in a little bit. And not seeing most of these, I just wrote a few that I really want to watch. And, I, I, you know, you said you had some recommendations, so I'll let you go sure. first, Charles. But I think that's kind of what, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about a couple, two or three of these recommendations, or w- ones that I want to watch, and I want to, if you guys have seen them, which I'm sure you have, or maybe not, well, I want to hear your opinion. Well, first, I wanted to give a shout-out to, a, to a, um, a bracket entry that I had in the bracket, which was the movie Zombie. Um, uh-huh. uh, which actually came out after Dawn, but uh, but the, but the first iteration of Zombie was directed by uh, uh, Mario Bava, and it was it was just kind of like a the Italian version of Night of the Living Dead, you know. But it was just kind of that that had that sheen on it, you know. Um, well, uh, isn't uh, actually isn't the Argento cut called Zombie? Isn't that the original? That's what Zombie One oh, is. Essentially? I'm sorry, it's not Mario Bava. That that is Argento. My bad. Uh, yeah, uh, Fulci, oh, Fulci okay. did number two. Sure. Uh, Argento, yes, you're right. It was uh, the first one was called Zombie, and then it, because it's again, we'll get into it with the Dawn of the Dead. It's such a huge mishmash whenever you get into Argento and Romero. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but it really, I, I wanted to give a, a nod to Italian cinema uh, and how and how yeah. they kind of embraced zombies. Um, and and w- w- one of the few ones that I really liked. Um, sorry, I have my notes here. Um, it's like uh, the Ghost Galleon. Um, God, let's see. Um, I like the House of Seven Corpses, um, Children of the Dead. Um, you know, these are all, like, like I said, these are all kind of stories that kind of exist in that, you know, people going to a, a, a far off place and then zombies coming to attack them and then them either overcoming mm-hmm. or dying, you know. Still just, just right. kind, of, kind of copying the narrative of Night of the Living Dead. 
Um, but then also Romero himself made kind of a radioactive zombie movie with uh, the crazies, um, which, crazy which was stuff. kind of so good. So, I mean, it's, it's again, it's like a, a thin line of you're towing the line of zombies, but still they they did die by chemical, you know, <laughs> you know, and then they came back yeah. as just these undead things, Wait. you know. Did you like the remake? Did you like the Timothy Oliphant remake? I, I thought it was, I thought it was proper. I, I did. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It's, it's surprisingly good. I, I, I'll be honest with you guys. I went into that movie wanting right. to hate it. Yeah. And I was so surprised. Like, oh, well, this is actually. This I'm engaged. Is I'm entertained. Yeah. It had, um, it had a very Walking Dead vibe to it. You know, same sheriff yeah. in town. Pretty pretty raw. I you know the scene is the. With the guy, you know, in the in the in the baseball field, you know, he has to shoot him right then and there. That was pretty, you yeah, know, seemed realistic. It, you know, it's, it tries to put you in that position, and what would you do? And that was a really good one, I thought, because the the crazy the, the zombies were pretty intimidating, and in that small town feel always makes you feel somewhat isolated, you know. Yeah, and they were and they were feral too, you know. So that that, that was just yeah. a different way of looking at them. Speaking of, of feral zombies, I can't talk about uh, post Night of the Living Dead without talking about David Cronenberg. And his uh, and his mm. early entries in Canadian cinema, uh, the most I guess the most zombie being the movie Rabid, where you know just people getting getting infected with these aliens and then and they're just coming at you, man. Um, and then you but I need to catch that one. If it's Cronenberg and, and I've got to catch that. And Cronenberg, I mean, especially with the Canadian, you know, I guess uh, conduct laws, like it was a little more more loosey goosey. You know, like you get you get away Ooh. with a lot more than you would making oh. an American production. You know, and so like the Canadians would be a little bit more uptight, oh, eh? Yeah, like it's his if his, his yeah. go ahead. Would you would you consider shivers man a zombie movie? Sort of, too? yeah. I mean you know it's like lust it is, zombies. It is, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that's how they pass it on, yeah. And it, does I mean does know. it does infestation kind of count? I mean, slither and, and does that count? I mean is yeah. it the same thing? I mean thing? they kills them and they and they it bring them back yeah. to life, yeah. 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 Uh, same thing with like Invasion yeah. of the Body Snatchers, you know. It's just, mm-hmm. Night of the mm-hmm. Creeps. Yeah. Um, and uh, then there's also one that I want to recommend that's kind of like a comedy zombie, but still has has a few scares, uh, which is the movie Death Dream, um, which is kind of hard to find. Uh, but it's a it's a I think the only ones that ever released it on DVD or Blu-ray was uh, Blue Underground. Uh, so that, those are, that, that's a that's a very small distribution company. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just this old, just hammy little zombie thing where, <clears throat> like, the zombie is kind of sentient, and uh, he has he has kind of other plans besides just eating brains, and it's just one of those first iterations of kind of like Return of the Living Dead. Um, uh, but yeah, so I mean, the, the the again, like I'm gonna say in the dawn part, like it took Romero again to come back with another zombie movie in his in his own way to go ahead and change the whole game up again. You know, yeah, and yeah. to to set some some guidelines or right. or basis of what this what this is really, yeah, it's because it just didn't have it didn't have it's like I don't know if I don't want to say foundation, but you know it just didn't have its legs. Yeah, they were yet. they were it treating was, it like a Frankenstein it was still, or a Dracula. It was still a baby. It wasn't even you know it, it you know. It, they were they were running after dawn. They were they were you know well they were they weren't running because they're zombies, but they were moving exactly, quicker exactly. after dawn. They were they were moving along. But yeah, I mean I mean he he completely laid the framework for so many creative people to take it and run with it, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah. before we get into the movie, I wanted to see if you guys wanted to play a game with me tonight. You guys ready? Yeah. 
All righty. Real quick no. though, real quick. There's 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 two movies I want to I want to watch and I want to know if you've seen them. Just real sure. fast. Horror Ex- Horror Express, 1972. Christopher Lee and Peter uh, 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 Peter C- Cushing. Uh, Cushing. Yeah. I have not. Uh, Hammer film. Trans Siberian Train. A Trans Siberian Train. A virus breaks out. Sounds amazing. Uh, and then the next one, which was Shockwaves. It's a uh, 1977 zombie uh, army. Uh, Nazi yeah. zombies. Uh, pretty much uh, crashed their submarine on an island or something. But the Nazi zombies, I didn't know. There's like, there's like twenty something Nazi zombie movies. Dude, I mean, they're... it's a thing. I mean, it started, I guess, with shockwaves. Uh, I, it's, it's a, it's, it's. I know this. The Nazis are, are you know, the experimentation and all that kind of stuff. They, it's been in video games. I mean, I played a lot of Wolfenstein. When there I was go, a kid, there you so uh, most you know, Wolfenstein, uh, they were they were pretty much zombies, uh, the the big bad guys, uh, you know, not the ones that would, not the normal soldiers, but the bad guys were were pretty pretty zombie like. So, um, no, I, I heard most. Haven't seen. I you haven't seen either. I I think uh, I think Horror Express is probably the better movie, but Shockwaves got my attention. Uh, I saw Shockwaves. I want to say about five years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's it, but it was like a, it's like a conscious decision to to bring these these things back from the dead and use them as like a like a Nazi zombie army, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was very inventive. But the but the yeah. movie itself, the execution, is you know I mean they did a lot better later on, uh, but but mm-hmm. um, it's it's good to see where the inspiration came from. Um, but I think that's really the only thing that kind of kind of gives it its weight. Um, beyond yeah. that, the production is just kind of subpar. Um, but uh, you guys ready to play a game? Oh, let's, let's play, play a game. game. Absolutely. Uh, so this week we are playing the recasting game, and uh, we decided we were going to try and recast the fir- uh, the sorry the four main leads of the 1978 version of Dawn of the Dead, and we do- we agreed that it would be a casting if it happened in this day and age. So we we can't do like you know Marlon Brando in '74, you know. It was um, and so I'm excited, uh, Matthew. As our guest, I would love to hear uh, how you would recast this film. Okay. <laughs> Hot spot. This was this was so hard. Yeah, um, it wasn't easy. I tried to pick people that were like relatively in the same kind of age that the actors were when they did the 178. Um, but even that, it, it's tough. Um, these are hard roles to fill because. You're only with these four people for so yeah. long, you know. And if if it doesn't work, if any one of these actors didn't work, this movie doesn't work at all. Green. So you know, and, and I and sure you don't have the longest uh, filmography here. I, I you know had to kind of look at each one yeah. and go, oh, they don't have a lot to chew on because I, I tried to, to it, not only in this film but just see something else they've done. But it's it's hard to find. Well, and I, I t- I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm sorry, Matt. I'll tell you what, Matthew. If you want to go by character, we'll just do a round table on each character. So I'll let you go first oh, with each go. character. Problem. Cool. No problem. Uh, I was gonna say, like, yeah, if, if what you're talking about, Ryan, like Galen Ross is like in three movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and, and they're all they're all spectacular in this. I don't understand how these people. Maybe I, did they want work? Did they not get work? But I think they all I, were really, really, really good. I think she started doing behind the scenes mm. stuff. Uh, yeah, she was in she was in Creep Show. Right. She was the girl Joe, with her yep. with her buried in the sand. Yeah. Mm. She's also in the uh, also 
not I don't think actually all that good, but very famous cult slasher uh, Madman. Madman. Uh, yeah, that's the three. That's, <laughs> that's the three resume pieces that she has. Not not a bad resume. And she doesn't use her own name on that one, so hmm. you know. Interesting. Okay, but, but let's let's start with let's start sure. with Fran. Okay. Me. Um, this one was the easiest one for me. Uh, I don't know if this is right, but when I thought, what would Fran look like now? And only one name that came to mind, and that's Samara Weaving. Very nice. I think she has the perfect mix of like, you look at her in Ready or Not, going from this character who is, you know, naive and doesn't, you know, realize what's the the situation she's in, and then by the end of the movie. She is not to be exactly. fucked with. Yeah, and that is, I think that's that's Franny's arc in a nutshell. I think she, you know, uh, obviously she's got the physicality that she needs for that kind of role. She's got the vulnerability that she needs for it. Um, she can probably pull off the hairstyle, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and yeah, she's just like. Um, uh, Galen Ross, she's she's got an understated kind of beauty about mm-hmm. her, uh, where she looks like a real person, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, which not all leading ladies do. So that was that was the easiest one. It's Samara Weaving, and she's she just even in things that she's in that aren't really good, like um, uh, that Snake Eyes movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like she's still she's still so yeah. good in it for the yeah. fifteen minutes she's in it. She's just like the second you see her to the second she's gone, you're like. Yes. Agreed. 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 Um, so I guess I'll go next. Um, for Fran, I had a tough time with Fran because I was like, man, in this day and age, like, I mean, somebody like, like Chloe Grace Moretz could, in in, a, in theory, play this role. You know, she's she's old enough yet young looking enough. You know, and then you could also get somebody like Julia Roberts if you wanted to, to play this role. You know, um, but I didn't like either one of those actresses. Um, but what I, but, but who I did like and, and one that, that really stuck out and it was really coming back, you know, when I was thinking about it, like, yeah, yeah, that she would be good was, uh, the star of Jumanji and Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Karen Gillan, um, who played, um, Nebula in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And then she also played, uh, in Jumanji, she was in the movie Oculus that came out back in the beginning of uh, last uh, decade. Uh, very, very good actress. Uh, she's a British actress, but uh, if you've seen Jumanji, you know she's she's really good at action. You know, comedy, ham it up, make it scary. She, I, I think she can hit all those tones. She can she can focus you as an audience member if she needs to, and she can also be in the background if she needs to. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's my that's my pick, Karen Gillan. What about you, Ryland? How would you cast Fran? I feel like this is probably my weakest uh, option or weakest, you know, pick here because it was hard. I think she was the hardest one for me to for me to, to narrow down and probably doesn't hit on the if I'm really going for the true character. I think this, you know, the 78 version, she's a little bit quite a bit younger, maybe. But she's just so in the 78 version. She's so strong. I mean, there's a note I wrote that, you know, the actor actress <coughs> who plays uh, Francine uh, Romero wanted her to scream, and 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 she was like, I don't think she's a screamer. She's 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 tough. She's she, this is the a really strong female character. So she didn't scream th- pretty much the rest of the film. She's not a you know she's not a, a slasher screamer in this at all. So um, she's a tough woman. And I, I picked Tony Collette, Hereditary. I kind of wanted to go 
keep with the horror theme. I mean, she is fucking amazing actress. I think incredible. I didn't know how good she really, really, really was until I saw Hereditary. I think she deserved way more accolades for that than than she than she got. So good. Um, and like I said, age wise, maybe a little little. You said Julia Roberts, though. I think even then, that's a little. You know, these this should be more of a younger okay. female, okay. I think, because of the love interest kind of thing. Um, but Tony Collette is, is amazing, so that was my pick. Very nice, very. Nice. I think I think all three of those would, would go. Um, I, but I hate feeling, I hate saying an actress is too old. So. <laughs> well, yeah, no, exactly. Uh, I mean, it's, not, it's it's I'm it's, not trying to uh, to to age discriminate there, but she's she's <laughs> not a she's not in her because I think the actress in in seventy eight Dawn is is probably in her late twenties. I would assume she, she had kind of had an old soul to her. That's, I guess, I guess that was my yeah, reasoning. She, you know? she, but she also had those big dough, big eyes, the big, big innocent eyes and innocent look, but much, much, much stronger of a character than, than her, you know, what she pulls off looks wise. I mean, her hair and her style and being a journalist. I mean, I think she's just thick skinned. There you go. There you go. Uh, I'll, I'll... And so is Tony Collette, Tony Collette, whoop, yo, my ass, yo ass and Matthew. Everybody has. Um, I'll let you pick the next one, uh, Matthew. All right. Um, uh, let's go to, uh, let's go, let's go, let's go to okay. Peter. Uh, which this was also tough, uh, because Ken Forey is just, he's mm-hmm. Ken Forey. Like there's a reason he is the, out of the four, he's the only one to really have a career after this. Like he's just, he's irresistible as an actor he's so good in this movie that you just want to see him in stuff after this and he is in just a metric shit ton of stuff after <laughs> so this. much work yeah you know, he's so big much. he's big joe grizzly bitch <laughs> and he's he's charlie from uh, devil's rejects you know mm-hmm. uh yeah. that's charlie right and he's uh, crazy character and he's uh, um He's uh, what is it? Uh, Keenan and Kel's dad. He is Keenan and Kel's dad. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. So, like, replacing that? Oh my God! How? And now? a physical presence too. He's a massive guy, six yeah. foot five. Yeah. I mean, it. You have to account that in a little exactly. bit. Yeah. He also he looks like look at him. You you talking about Joe Grizzly? Like, by the time you get to Halloween remake, like, oh, he's a massive he's, dude. He's he's filled out more. He's actually, you know, he's kind of svelte. Oh in yeah, yeah. Dawn. Oh yeah. He's sitting there he's playing racquetball on, you know, on the wall, and and he's yeah. uh, he's in good shape. Yeah, but somehow by Dawn, uh, by uh, Halloween remake, he uh, seems like even more of a brick shit house than he was funny. before. Yeah, right? he's he's like, he's put on he's put on the, the that thick weight, but he's still he's just a big yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. So they destroyed that bathroom set. Love it. That's oh, funny. That's uh, that's so, one of my favorite scenes in the movie. So tough. So, because I've always said that I'm not going to do on a big tangent, but I've always said, just like Jason went up against you know the boxer guy or just an actual opponent that knows either one out of fight or is at least big and strong. Most of these these are little Kevin Bacon guys. These little five nine little high school kids. eh. No, I want a big Joe Grizzly to go up against Mike Michael Myers. And we see how that worked out. (laughs) Didn't work out. I mean, he just didn't work out well at all. So. He didn't. He didn't go out like a bitch, didn't. though. He didn't. And a lot of no. people went out of like a bitch in that movie, yeah, yeah. but uh, Joe Grizzly was not one of them. Um, so this was this was tough, but I think this works. And if it doesn't, you know, you guys let me know. But I went with. Let me check my notes here. Yeah. 
I went with Winston Duke uh, from Black Panther and Okay, Us. yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because two things here. One, I think he's got the physicality. He's also a very good actor, even though he hasn't been in, his, in all that much stuff. But look at the stuff he's been in. You know, he's in Us. I think he's great in that movie. He portrays the kind of, you know, fun and cool character that, that Peter yeah. is. And then he's in, you know, uh, Black Panther. And he's big, tough, strong guy, warrior. And you got that too. So I think both yeah. those things work. And he is from Trinidad and Tobago. Mm. And Peter is of Trinidadian descent. Oh, you're right. So to let up right works. there. It talks about his, so, what, his grandpa being a, a, a voodoo priest, right? In, Tr- in Trinidad, right. yeah. So, so, yeah, I think that, I think that works. Also, just, I, I think he's a good actor. And, you know, I think he's got the physical presence for it. I mean, he's he is bigger than Ken Forey was then, but... You know, it's if you're if you're if you're doing this in a new age, you know, guys like that. Now, you know, would I have maybe picked, you know, uh, Michael B. Jordan? Would he could have worked? Definitely. You know, he's got the acting chops. He's got the physicality too. Wow. But he he's he, he's too uh, he's Michael B. Jordan's too got sp- too squeaky clean, man. You got to have a little edge yeah, to you. A little less, you know, you know, and then of course. I think T'Challa himself could have worked. Yeah. You know, if agreed. Because I think he could have played anything. Wow, that's high praise. So, yes, sir. I got to tell you guys, that was one of the, like, losing him at that age as an actor. Oh, it's yeah. just like, it's like the River Phoenix stuff. It's like Brad Renfro like, stuff. Yeah. There was so much more that we could have had. Yep. And just, or, or, or Farley, mm-hmm. you know, it's just. Oh, yeah. It's so it's mm-hmm. such a loss. So yeah, absolutely devastating. Chadwick Boseman is, I mean, yeah, he, gone too soon. So I I I fried my brain on this one, and and I was and I was thinking like I mean like I I kept going towards Idris Elba, like Idris Elba, Idris Elba, mm-hmm. Idris Elba, and I was like, no, that's the low hanging fruit. Like you know, like I I know he'd fucking kill it, but this isn't like. You know, this is 78 Dawn of the Dead. This is like something that's supposed to change cinema. You know, like, I'd rather put somebody, you know, who's, you know, not, I don't know. It, it, just, it just didn't work out for me, Idris Elba. But, but the, the name that just kept coming back to me was, he's a tall dude. He's in, he's in his 30s, 40s. You know, he can still play, I mean, he's probably 50 now, but he, he can still play younger roles. And that's Vince Vaughn. I think Vince Vaughn would kill Vince this Vaughn, role. okay. Uh, if, I don't know if you've seen the movie Brawl and Cell Block 99, Ryland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Vince, I really mean, Vince good. Vaughn Fox in that one, dude. W- way out of his, his uh, bubble dude. there with that one. And I really, because that's why I watched it. It had a lot of buzz to it. And, and they're like, oh, this is not your normal Vince Vaughn. So. Dude. Because he is a really good dark actor. I, I've seen him in Psycho and The yeah. Cell and, and, and Psycho and, and Darker. He was in The Cell, right? He was in The Cell. Uh, uh, you know, if, yep. he's done horror. Um so I think he'd be and he's got that frame he's got that big six foot yeah and he's and he's charismatic you know he'd be be able to hit those those Mm -hmm. comedy points you know you know that you know that that wink that you know you know tongue and tongue and cheek you know kind of humor that Romero has you know especially with Peter's character I think he'd kill it I think he'd absolutely murder that role um what about you Rylan what do you think I you know it 
I, I did. I bounced around, and and I just for some reason though this one was probably the easiest because Keith David popped in my head immediately. Okay. With with the voice, uh, his his presence, he's got that really good smile too. He's he can be the the joke jovial guy, but I mean I'm used to him in in these darker roles. But Keith David, he's got he's a, he's a bigger guy. Uh, I think he could pull that role off pretty well. Like we talk about um, we talk about aging out. Been a big though. fan of his. Like yeah, I mean, he is yeah, he is a little I, older. I know, I know, and and especially this guy being a military man. But hey, just put some. We were talking about our gray hairs. Just put some, just for men. And Keith David, he could pull off. He could pull off fifteen years younger than he is. He's 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 still uh, he's still got. I still a put presence. Right. <laughs> still I like presence. I, I like how he would go from Tales from the Hood to to Dawn of the Dead, <laughs> being the old wise shaman guy to the young SWAT team guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, he can do anything. He's great. He's a great actor. I love him. Uh, it w- it was a little bit of a gray area with with the right now thing. Oh yeah, casting right now. I mean, I just I tried to hit somebody that I feel felt kind of really felt or just fit in that that character as good as as um uh. And I'm, I, is is it is it four A or four E? Four E. Four E. Ten for E. Ten for E. I mean, I don't think uh, that's one of those roles. I think that's just his, but. Ring Rings, Ring Rings, not the same character, but I think he did a good job in the 04 as well. But I think if we were doing it in the 90s, Keith David would Yeah, I know, I know. I'm only 20 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the same token, you know, I could I could almost see Tony Todd in the same Agreed. way. Yeah? Because uh, Tony Todd... Has yeah, some, but that's another layup. He, you know, he did, he did the, the remake of, of, of Night of Living Dead, so I was like, I can't pick him. I love Tony Todd, but... <laughs> I like how Keith David the, was still on the table. The, though. the, the, Keith, the Keith Davis, though, the voice alone, I just, I, I love his voice. Throw him in like <clears> a <throat> zombie uh, world, and and if he's screaming at somebody to do something or whatever, it's gonna be, it's just gonna take it to a level. Well, how, well, how the hell do you get up. the beans about the Frank? <laughs> <laughs> I'll forget about that role. Um, uh, Lance Reddick. Uh, I almost with him because I think he has comedy chops that I think people forget about. Yeah. Um, but I, I was trying to pick someone who wasn't who was in the kind of age range it was supposed to be, and he's you know he's just a little bit too far, just like uh, Keith Davis, I mean, just I, a little bit too far. My cast is old. I got I got I got I got you know I got some old people in there. So. Hey hey you know. Um... Tony Collette's she's she's not a spring genius. Yeah, I know. She's gotta be, I don't, I'm pretty sure Keith David's about ten years older than her. But be Dawn of the Dead, be like ah, oh, my knee. Somebody, somebody, pick me up. My, my my knee just went out. And Keith David's like, fuck, my my knee just went out too. Shit. Uh, hey, easy. Matthew Smith is going through a knee injury right now. Come on, have some sympathy here. <laughs> All right, Matt. What's the next character that you would recast? All right, let's. Um, okay, so do we do we want to go? Do we want to go? Uh, go Raj, or do we want to go Flyboy? Man, let's but let's 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 go with Roger. Let's end it with Flyboy. Okay. All right, Roger. This was also one of the super tough ones because you really need again. You need a guy who feels a little bit more like an everyman as opposed to Peter who. Like Peter's a unit already. Like you get the impression right away, this is a yeah, bad hoorah, yeah, yeah. And you don't fuck with this guy. And Raj is still kind of that, but he's not. He's not the same. He's. You can tell in those early scenes. He's. 
this is this is this is fucked and he's he's trying to process right. you know um, he's a little bit of a wild card a little bit of a wild card yeah so my first thought was like you could almost do like paul rudd because you know it doesn't matter how old paul rudd is you know you could probably play it exactly because he's got that kind of like kind of strange but i thought no because people are just you're gonna see ant-man yeah he's, gonna say he's a little too wholesome he's too wholesome. military man yeah, yeah. absolutely well, I mean, go back, go back. Halloween, uh, Curse yeah. of Michael Myers. He plays a good creepy weirdo. So I don't know. It's straight laced, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he has the chops, the chops. Yeah, chops, so, baby. That, that didn't work. I actually, oh, now this is. I ended up going with another Marvel character, and I feel bad for this, but <laughs> it was just so tough to pick somebody because. You gotta do. You gotta do so many things, where you know we we, we kind of get stuck into actors now, particularly because of the way the studio system works now. Of this is the thing you do, and that's it. Right. So, and again, this is gonna come off. I know this is gonna be probably weird, but I kind of want to see Chris Evans in this role, because I think he can play a character who doesn't feel like, you know, he's Captain America. But he can definitely play not Captain America. There you go, yeah. Um, and he's got, you know, he's got a little comedy. I think he can play that that falling apart at the seams kind of his sanity is fraying. I think it oddly enough, I think it's it's because of Knives Out that I really that picked That's him good. for this. Yeah. Where he's playing such a not heroic character. He's great in, in Snow kind of, Snowpiercer. I know it's a heroic role, but yeah. it's a much darker role for yeah. him. He's great in that. Yeah, I think that works, you know, and I think I think here's the other thing. If we're gonna colorblind cats, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the person I would really like um, that I didn't pick is Stephen is Stephen Yoon. Um, yeah, I think he gets the I every mean, man down so well. I say he did that and, in Walking Dead. I mean, Glenn was the every man. Yeah, so. but not just that. Like in, um, I can't remember now. That's so terrible. Uh, his. Uh, his Oscar movie. Um, oh, uh, God. Uh, uh, Minagi uh, Minari. Minari. Yeah, Minari. Right. Like, I didn't see it, but I saw a lot of clips of him in it, and it's like, it's exactly what I was thinking he would be like for it. And also, you know, he can play, he can play a guy who's just absolutely lost it, because I think his turn in that movie Mayhem is so underappreciated. He's so great in that movie of yeah. just letting loose and going completely wild um you know but you know if you again i tried to pick uh you know characters that went along you know uh the same thing as the original actors but if you're okay with colorblind casting and i know these days sometimes people aren't right um whoever's best for the role if unless it's if it's of course there's certain historical things yeah. that probably need to be a little bit more historical but if it's uh, if it's fiction man roll with it who cares yeah so it would be if i'm going one one a would be would be chris evans okay yeah. um man this one was the easiest one for me like yeah i think i nailed like mine. the like like the second i saw this dude <laughs> I, I knew i was gonna have to recast him i was like i know just the guy i know i got a guy yeah. this guy's gonna be perfect there's no need to even audition this guy because he's in the bag. Just go ahead and offer him whatever. Okay. And that is the guy that I think would do great in any role. My boy, Hawkeye, 
Jeremy Renner. He would absolutely fucking kill this role. I don't know why you hate on Jeremy Renner like that, Ryland. <clears throat> I think he's I, th- I think he's he's got the build. He's tactical enough. He has enough of a you know a thousand yard stare you know in his in his in his you know repertoire to be able to pull this off. Uh, you know the the you know the the parts where he has to show weakness. I think he can pull that off perfectly. Um, Jeremy Renner in the back. You know you don't even have to audition for it. Just just. Just offer him the role. Interesting. He's, he doesn't have he, enough edge, man. You gotta have some edge to you. You gotta be a wild card for this character. And I think he I, was I, in that. He was. I think I nailed it. I think I nailed it with this. Guys. Okay. I'm going with. I'm going with Aaron Paul. I'm going with Aaron really? Paul, the famous Jesse from Baking Bad. He's got the crazy eyes. He's he's a littler guy, you know, because that's 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 part of the character. He's he's. They make yeah. jokes of it. Um, it and. The the way he, he, yeah his he's got a good character arc in, in Breaking Bad that I think resembles uh, Roger pretty well. I, I see him being uh, you know the, the little dead eye in the beginning. You know he's pointing he's pointing um, uh, uh, Stephen out of the way when he can't shoot right and and um, Aaron Paul is just he's got that that edge to him and I feel like he would fit in that role really really well. Boo! Boo! Boo with your bullshit! Oh man, man, just go watch. What is that? What was the What was the born one that Renner did that nobody liked? Oh, you. We didn't want to see that guy as born. Well, they 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 wanted to see Mad Damon, so he's just a, he's just a victim of circumstance. So it's it's like it's it's like Julianne Moore. Renner's doing well. Renner's doing well. He's still he's turning them out. He's 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 won the game. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And I I, I still think he has a lot more left in the tank. And I think this would be a yeah. perfect opportunity for him to show, you know, especially in the horror genre, which he doesn't really dip into a whole yep. lot, you know. So yep. it'd be a good opportunity for him. But uh, we have one more character, and that is the pilot, Stephen Flyboy. Yep. Uh, Matthew, what do you got? This one, I think, okay. my weakest one. <laughs> because like because like I need Flyboy is such an interesting character. Yeah. Because he's not the character you right. think he is. Like the when you see him at the beginning of this movie, you were like, okay, this is this is the this is the asshole. This is the bad guy amongst the group. This is the, the human selfish, villain. Yeah. yeah. And it's and he's really not that. And I think that's Again, it's why this movie hits so hard is because none of these characters are one note. Right. None of these characters are static, and there's so much to them, and you feel for them, and you feel the camaraderie that builds between them. And and getting that right level of he's kind of spiky, and he's kind of a douche, Mm. but he's not like, he's not trying to be a douche. He's not like he's an 80s jock character or something. That's so hard to do because it's so easy to just make him an asshole. It's so, and I think that's one of the reasons, you know, there's there's some characters in the in the Dawn remake who are just they're just the asshole. Characters. Right, there's a whole group yeah. of them, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I went back and forth on this. Um, if we were picking further back, and again, I tried to pick people who were younger. Yeah. Um, if if apparently we didn't need to do that, so, uh, Rylan didn't um, Rylan didn't read the rules properly. It's all good. It's, it's, uh, exactly, exactly. 
if I had my druthers and we went back further, I would pick Billy Zane. Ooh. Because I think Billy Zane has the right mix of Billy Zane playing good guys is so right. rare. I think when you start to see Flyboy become a better guy in this movie, Billy Zane would be perfect in it. And when he's kind of being an asshole and being really pretentious to Fran, Billy Zane's got oh. that on lockdown. Yeah, like talking about the abortion and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. All the condescending douche... Like, the the slow roll condescending... Because, again, he's not like... You take it back, you guys talked about the first movie last week. You know, Harry Cooper is a complete fucking piece of shit. <laughs> like, he's, he's the bad you, one, yeah. Yep. Yeah, there is no, there's no gray ground with him. He is just a worthless, just coward. Yeah. Being. And like, if you look at the remake of of Night, which I also like a lot, yeah. Um, he's even worse. Mm-hmm. Like, he is just like you cannot stand him. And Billy Zane could do that, but Billy Zane, oh, Billy also... Zane, Billy Zane, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> he could also be the Phantom for the for the. <laughs> Fight me. For, for the for the audio listeners only, Rylan just came back from a restroom break, and uh, yeah, sorry, he's he's just he's just now getting the the Billy Zane revelation here. Fucking love Billy Zane. I watched uh, Night of Demons uh, last week. Uh, yo, dude, I I think he could switch from bad to good and then good to bad again, and and be smarmy and selfish. Yes, he could he could hit all those marks. Yeah, it's he it's all he's that's what he does it's just like he's billy fucking zane he's unstoppable <laughs> like go back and watch him in uh, this world and with this world then the fireworks like okay. he's all over the place of like you cannot get where his where he is he is just is on another level look yeah, demon knight demon knight when he's ser- yeah. ser- you know serenaded the, the women you know the scenes where his the wind's blowing in his shirt and he's he's uh you know talking shit to these girls oh it's, it's just gold and and the war and but Oh, sorry. Uh, he's he's just a bit he's a bit too old yeah. at this point. So I went with a, an actor I think has a lot of the same qualities, but I also think it's just really cool, and we don't see him in enough stuff. Uh, and I started I started looking at that show Justified. Yeah. <laughs> and God damn, it's like oh man, I forgot how fucking mm-hmm. cool you were. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Timothy Oliphant. Well, I mean, in, in the go ahead. I love that man. I mean, he I. I, I yeah, that dude, that dude's cool. Yeah, I, I think he can do all the same things um, that we were talking about with Billy Zane. Now it's not like he's he's just Billy Zane. It's just he's got a lot of the same qualities. He's got the right kind of build. You know, yeah. he can be he can be nice. He can be an asshole. He can vacillate between the two interchangeably. Um, he can get the girl. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like you, you believe that Fran would want to be with this guy. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's a good pick. It's Timothy Oliphant and Billy Zane. If we're if we're playing, you know, Magic Christmas Land, where you know <laughs> exactly all these, char- all these actors got frozen in suspended animation, we could just take them back. Yeah. Then, well, know, I mean, in the immortal words of Hansel, listen to your friend Billy Zane. He's a cool dude. <laughs> it's pretty He's cool, a cool dude. <laughs> you can't you can't get rid of cool. That's all I'm saying. Um. There's 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 a universe where I'm a director and I just put Billy Zane in all of my yeah. movies like, you know, like Leo and Source of Scorsese. Like he's your constant collaborator, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just... Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. That's that that's yeah. Rylan Rylan Johnson and Billy Zane. Rylan like, Johnson presents another Billy like you'll Zane be, classic. Like you'll be doing like the like the you know, the 
the oh, handshake with yeah, this, yeah. but you'll have a yeah. pinky out because that's like your little inside joke. And you're like, yeah, that's Billy Zane handshake because he's a cool dude. Anyways, um, so the, for the, the role of Steven for Flyboy, uh, I kind of went the same way as you. Like, you know, who can play bad, who can play good, and how can they transition, have an arc, you know, be the hero when it absolutely needs to be a hero, you know, but still still make selfish moves if you need to. And the the guy that I kept going back to was was Adrian Brody. But again, oh, he's old. Like you know, he's it's, it's going to be the busted hip society inside that mall. You know, if we if we keep if we keep casting these old ass people, we've got the what's it called now, guys? We've got the deep fake. There you go. Can, it's fine. It's, we can do it. We can do it. Um, but my my ultimate choice is uh, the Alexander Skarsgård. From uh, True Blood Ooh, and Godzilla nice. vs. Kong, I mean he's, I mean he's played a bad guy. He's played a good guy. He's played an absolute piece of shit. He's played, you know, a domestic abuser. He's played, you know, the hero. He's played the Northman. You know, he's he's played all of it, dude. I, I think he his stature, his build. You know, he has that kind of cowardly, kind of very lanky frame to him. I think he could really pull off Flyboy, especially with uh, Stevens or, or uh, you know David Mg's, you know, stature himself. Um, and I, yeah, I think Alexander Skarsgård. You, you just give him the opportunity; he'll run with it. And I think I think he'd knock it out of the park. Well, the whole Skarsgård family, folks. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, dude. I mean, they're like the Mannings of acting. They're just really good at what they do. Oh man, Stellan and Alexander, so good. Very good choice. Best part of Exorcist uh, Four. Very, very good point. Very good point. Yeah. Not the only good thing. Stellan Skarsgård, absolutely. Um, you re- you ready for to divulge yours, Rylan? The last. Uh, uh, yep. Bring us home. I try. Bring us home. I, I try to keep it, you know, in a, in a spooky actor realm, and I'm going with Patrick Wilson. I've always Ooh, been a fan of his. I think. Yeah. I think his. I think his. Obviously, looks wise, fits the bill. He's played. He's got that shit-eating fucking grin. And he can also turn around and look at you and, and turn that switch really quick. And, um, yeah, I think that's the most dynamic character. Like, in this movie, rewatching it, I really never did a character, you know, uh, looked at each character and, and tried to dissect them and, and, and figure it all out. But I feel like Flyboys goes through the, the most kind of arc and, and everything. So you need a strong actor. And Patrick Wilson, man. Other, I, I know he gets shit on for – he's done some, some cash grabs of recent with, what, Moon? Moonfall. With moon what moonfall and and, and but i think he's cemented himself in the horror realm oh insidious uh, conjuring yeah know, all that five times over already um he so i think he would be a great fit for that i think that was another one of my fantastic choices him and aaron paul together would be fun too <laughs> that would be uh, that would be fun to see that would be fun to see them being at odds and uh and yeah aaron paul snapping the snapping the rifle that, that was a tough that was a tough. Uh, that was a tough recast game because it's usually pretty. Those are the the harder ones for me to play. The oh, they're yeah. fun games, but it's it's tough sometimes to, especially roles that that are just owned mm-hmm. by actors. Uh, yeah, you, these these big big characters that you know that leap off the screen and and whoever was lucky enough to get the role just absolutely kills it. It's really hard to to say. Oh, this person could do that too. Right. Um, man, thank you guys so much for playing uh, the recasting game with me. It's, it, like Rylan said, it's one of my favorites, but it is. It's tough, especially, you know, in, in whatever time period. It's kind of hard to get in a time machine and, 
make your perfect version. But um, and, and I love how we, we vary I mean, the odds of us picking the same person are slim to none, but it still hasn't happened yet. Right. I, when, he, when Matthew said the Marvel character, I was like, oh, no, he's going to pick Jeremy Renner uh, because he's the perfect fit yeah. for this movie. No, 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 nobody picks Jeremy Renner. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, hashtag, hashtag cast Jeremy Renner. Um, anyways, so... No respect. no respect. No respect. But anyway, so uh, we actually have one more thing, guys. We got we got to do before we leave here tonight, and that is to talk about the 1978 zombie classic, George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead. And here is the trailer, guys. <laughs> Exactly. In 1968, George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time. Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. This situation must be controlled before it's too late. They are multiplying too rapidly. Dawn of the Dead. Meet me on the roof at 9 o'clock. Get out. I don't believe We're it. What? Get out. Chopper. We've got to survive. Somebody's got to survive. They kill for one reason. They kill for food. They eat their victims. Imagine, if you will, that something has gone terribly wrong. See that now. Except the fact that there's no escaping the horrible consequences. George Romero brings back the dead. Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. Oops, sorry. Ha, you didn't hear any of that uh, because my mic was muted, but it's not muted now. So, but yeah, so last, we're all here. We're all so here. So last week, um, we did Night of the Living Dead. We talked about 1968 and, and how, um, how just the impact that it made just on cinema, on horror, on storytelling, on just, you know, the, the time and place in which it was released, you know, all those things come into effect. And so, you know, like we said, zombies kept going in, in popular culture. But then it took the same guy to change zombie cinema to come back one more time and change it yet again. You know, um, yeah. it is it, it's an astounding little film. Uh, I, I know Rylan's my numbers guy. I didn't know if you yeah. if you got some numbers together. I, I've, I've got some numbers, which uh, they're going to be a little skewed because this is, I think, a total number that I have over the last that's what. 40 something years now. Um, but the budget was 650. Uh, it's just pretty good sized budget for the time. Um, but also not really for what he actually put in the film. It's plenty of helicopter scenes and, Oh God. And, and vehicle crashes and the amount of extras and, and, and motorcycles inside of a mall. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. I mean, mo- it, the, and, but makeup too. I mean, Tom Savini wasn't Tom Savini that we know now. I mean, he was still starting out, but, I think he got a lot of things on the cheap because of how impactful 68's, you know, uh, you know, Night of Living Dead was. So, 
but he also made made it work with this with this mall and and, and the setting and and everything. So so I mean, he's got some actors in here that weren't well known at the time and were probably on the cheap as well. So I think majority of his his budget went into point. so obviously setting and 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 camera work and 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 effects. So you're telling me that this movie was made for six hundred fifty thousand dollars. Six hundred fifty thousand. Jesus fucking is, Christ. Yeah. Yeah, like, but but it's it, it's gross, which is like I said, I'm sure it's involving all the DVD sales and everything since then. It's 66 million, dude. It made like a thousand so times. A hundred, yeah, or yeah, no, is that a that's a hundred times its value? Is that not right? Or I don't know how that works. <laughs> it's, yeah, a lot. it's 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 stupidly it's good, money. and and I'm sure it, it, it's a hundred times. You know, domestic. It, it, uh, domestic uh, of the time, I'm sure in the movie theaters, it just didn't. I think it was like 160k, 200k, I, but I don't know. Those numbers are all over the place. But it's it's made a shit ton of fucking money. Oh yeah, and it's got so many cool little little stories to it. I mean, I mean, the the extras talking about money. The extras of this film are given one dollar, a donut, <laughs> and a t-shirt. Oh, and, that a donut. Yeah, but you're, but you're getting into the but you're so, getting into the Pittsburgh zombie though. Yeah. Zombie. <laughs> um, but before we get into the 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 nitty gritty of the production and you know securing financing and stuff like that, I wanted to know the first time y'all watched this film, and, I, and we'll start with Ryland. Ryland, where where, where I, were you the first time you watched Dawn of the Dead? I remember watching this I, first time. First time watching it was when I rented it from uh, it was a Redbox thing because I remember seeing the like I said I saw the 04 version first. And was aware of the the seventy eight version, but just wasn't on my radar. And I caught it on a red box one night, and I was like, "Oh, this is what?" And then that's when I watched a uh, 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 Day of the Dead as well. I had to go back and find Ooh, that. Man. I, think I actually went and bought that one because I I'd known of Romero's sixty eight, but it really was just an old classic black and white film that I, I remember nineties. I remember Tony Todd's nineties version of that film, and that's kind of what was in my head. Um, but then I got a I got a really good taste of Romero watching this for the first time, and man, I was blown away. So was this the first of the trilogy that you watched? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Started off with I think the best. I, mean, I think this is the best out of the three, in my opinion. But so uh, um, so what year do you think you watched this film in? I'd say like so six. Okay. Two thousand six seven. That's maybe. that's yeah. good because that's that's kind of close to my story. Um, I watched it in oh eight. Uh, we were, I was living in an apartment with my wood, with my future wife, yeah. and yeah, yeah. I, uh, actually, Dawn of the Dead is actually the last of the trilogy that I that I actually watched. Oh. I watched Day of the Dead first, then Night, and then Dawn. Um, oh. And it was just it was just it was just kind of like a, an activity to make sure I got all of them in. Like I had this I had this yeah. apartment now, you know, I'm paying bills on my own. I don't have to have my dad taking up my TV time. I get I get to choose <laughs> what I watch, and I want to watch Dawn of the Dead. And so I did, and it, it it absolutely blew me away, like with everything. I mean, yeah. it gives you it gives you the right amount of entertainment, right amount of intrigue with every minute that passes. It's so good. But yeah. we'll get into it. Um, yeah, I, I want to say it's around yeah two thousand eight. It was a, a, a blockbuster yeah. rental, just just checking it off the list, you know. And it, it ended up just incredibly inspiring me, you know, to watch to watch more zombie cinema, more Romero films, you know, all that. It was, it was really hard at that time for me. I was a big action guy. That CGI was really popping off, so it was really hard for me to 
I was into watching older films, but it was hard for them to get my attention. Right. And this one did. This one really, really got my attention. So I knew it was a really good film because my attention span and, and what I was wanting in cinema at that time was boom, pow, pow, boom, pow, Transformers. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, and, and Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. And so this was for me for it to grab my attention the way it did says a lot about how good the film that's was. high praise. Uh, Matthew. Yeah. Matthew, what uh, when was the first time you watched this film? Um, this was the uh, first time I saw this. First time, well, I'll put it this way. The first time I started to watch this movie, uh, had to be like, it's junior okay. high. Had to be junior okay. high. Um, so, un- unlike you fellas, I was a, I was a, I was a wee, a wee Okay, lad. okay. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. I wanted, I wanted to hear Matthew say, 1978, I was fucking there. <laughs> Day one. I'm 15 years old, I shouldn't tell you guys. That's that's what my students. That's think. funny. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, they think yeah. Um, yeah, this had to be late nineties, um, mid to late nineties. Um, I had I'd watched Night of the Living Dead. Now this is how far back I watched Night of the Living Dead. I watched Night of the Living Dead on a tube TV, where the knob was broken, so I had to use pliers to move it. Yeah. That's old school. That's old you know? school. So been there, done that. I'd watched the original, and I, I really liked the, the Tom Savini 90s one, uh, or 1991. And I'd, I'd heard from guys at school, like, hey, you got to see Dawn of the Dead. It's a sequel to Night of Living Dead. And I was like, there's a sequel to Night of the Living Dead? Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought it was Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, that's what I and thought. I like, so, and that's, so, that's, so that's one of my favorites. I thought they was, those, twos, those two were in the same canon, and they're not. Those twos. Uh, <laughs> and they said, no, there's, there's Dawn of the Dead, and there's Day of the Dead. I'm like, holy shit! Yeah. All right, all right. Um, and then like, it wasn't at the. I think it was out at the blockbuster, and we ended up. This is how weird it was. We ended up buying it from a from a uh, a Hollywood okay. video. Yeah, because it's in the bin on VHS. Oh wow! Like I, I always felt like I was cheating at Hollywood video. <laughs> exactly. I, did, I exactly. never felt comfortable there. I was always like. Eh. Like I'm like I'm just gonna steal this DVD. I'm not gonna bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather go to Family Video than Hollywood. But I went to Hollywood for a while because they had their run. Hey, you gotta support it. You know, you gotta you gotta, you gotta keep feeding them money. Um, so I got that VHS tape and I started to watch it. I was like, wow, oh, this is cool. But I was younger and it's like this movie's so fucking bleak mm-hmm. at times. <laughs> Like, I couldn't, I got about halfway through, I was like, fuck, I can't keep watching this. And my mom's like, well, why aren't you watching that new movie we got you? And I was like, I don't know, I think it just kind of makes me sick. Yeah. It's just two hours of heads being blown like, off. I mean, it's a lot to like, take in. What? I'm like, yeah, no, it just kind of makes me depressed. I'm like, oh, I, I maybe try later. And she's like, why did we buy it for you then? Because yeah. <laughs> I wanted to watch it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. $5. And so... You know, I put it on the shelf for a while, and I don't even know what happened to that VHS, actually, now that I think about it. Um, but I would eventually watch it uh, just maybe, maybe a couple years later uh, when I was, like, in, in high school, and I ended up watching it on uh, IFC Ooh. in, like, the ass crack of night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, two <laughs> Very early, very early, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, Donna did. I never did get back to watch that. I end up watching the rest of it, and I'm a little more mature. And it's like, yeah, this is still, this is still fucking bleak, but it's so it cool. Yeah. And it's just 
like you're talking about grabbing your attention this this thing grabs you by the throat like mm-hmm. just immediately yeah. and it doesn't let up and every time you think it's letting up it's just it, it loosened its grip only so that you could have the illusion that you were going to be getting yeah. away yeah. before it, it snaps back in place i mean i think it's almost perfect pacing yeah. it's just very yeah. paced and 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 I think that's what Romero, I think maybe does best. I think his pacing and his tone, mm-hmm. you know, his, his tune, his tone, his metro- metronome is always to me, like it seems very, very even and, and very masterful. Like so I said, I think that's his, uh, he's just, his, his wheelhouse, he's a skillful director. Um, yeah. And I followed it up by watching document. Of oh, the Dead good stuff. Like a couple nights after uh, that. About, about the mall shoot and, and all that. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was just like, I love this. Movie. Oh, and again, yeah, it gave you so much access to the, the, you know, the makeup effects and all that. I love document Document of the Dead. It's really good. Um, but I, I wanted to talk about just kind of the the early stages of the film, the inspiration, and also the financing, which is just kind of a funny story, you know. Um, like I sorry, like I mentioned before, like Romero is a survivalist director. Like he he's guerrilla. Like he's he's not trying to you know, um, submit to investors or wait for the studio to green light some idea he has, you know, he's, he's just a working director. Right. But if he gets an idea, he also knows how to drum up financing. Like, like he knows that movies cost money and he knows he has to, he has to reach a budget and how to get there. And and how do we do that? You know, we, we go around, we we do some ground and pound. We talk to people, you know, ask people for money, show them the idea, you know, just the same way the evil dead people did, you know? And so, uh, I believe that Romero be, was a friend of a friend of the guy who ran the Monroeville Mall, which, from my from my understanding, was one of the first big indoor malls in the United States. Yeah. Um, it was a brand new concept in '79. You know, just just a place to go and hang out and all that kind of stuff. You know, it was it was it was just now becoming a thing. Uh, and so he got a tour of it, and then he got a tour of the roof, and the guy showed him like the the windows into the roof, and he's like, this like you can't reach you know, this room from the mall. Like, you can only see it from the roof. And he said, and Romero said that was the inspiration for for making yeah. Dawn of the Dead. He was like, that's an interesting concept. Like, like that'd be the one way to really get away from these zombies where they wouldn't be able to get you. Yeah. And, uh... This, the, man, this is the first time they've seen those these unique-style buildings, these malls. I mean, think about a time before malls, shopping mm-hmm. malls, and then this thing's built, and it's a... It's pretty much a giant flea market indoors. Exactly. It, it, it would. It, it would, It's different for people. I'm sure that was a cool, sparked his interest. Going, oh, this is where everybody conjugates to buy everything. Right. I mean, there's a bar in it. There, that's the story. Is there's a there's a, a literal bar in the mall. Right. And the extras were getting fucked up and crashed a golf cart and shit because they would, you know, that they would they would go into this mall and, and film from what 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. or something. And oh yeah, the the the, the, the yeah. production stories of the, how little time they had. Like you, if you watch <laughs> if you watch Zach and Miri make a porno, I mean that's really what it was. Like I mean that's they were literally in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, shooting Zach and Miri, and you know, I, I heard it was a, it was a hard 6 a.m. Uh, they had the to day production because because yeah. they couldn't figure out how to turn the mall music off. Right, it was affecting the sound the sound design. Yeah, <laughs> right. um, and yet the, the, walker, the uh, walkers in the the mall walkers were going to come in. Yeah, the old yeah. Fucks come and get exercise and like well, there it, is no wiggle room here. It's just you must be gone, and it must look like you were never here. Yeah, uh, I, I mean some of the stuff they did in that mall. I'm like, how did they? They must have done that that that, that high end action stuff. 
early in the night so they could clean it up afterwards because I'm like people were just walking around the next day after these 25 blood spatter yeah. guys are, are, are <laughs> blood everywhere I oh. love I love the idea of how much fun I bet this was to oh show. absolutely um I wanted to talk about the financing for a second because it is kind of a funny story you know like he has this idea he, he banged out a script you know and, the, and one of the first people on Romero's radar was Dario Argento who was really yeah. taken by Night of the Living Dead and so, mm-hmm. you know, Argento offered him. He's like, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for a big chunk of this film. You know, but the consummate businessman that he is, he's like, but I have a couple of requests. You know, I, I, I want to be able to have distribution rights internationally. I want to be able to, to have my own cut. And I want to be able to bring my band, Goblin, in to do some of the score. Yeah. You know, and so these were, these were all terms that Romero was down with. You know? Yeah. And and so Romero flew to Italy and wrote the whole script. Right, because that that was by Argento's suggestion. He was he was yeah. like it, it's great. It, it's a great space to just be creative and write. To yeah, get away and be creative. And I thought that was really cool. I read that and I'm like, oh, that's pretty sweet. Right. Man. And so and so with with that plus some investment from the actual mall itself, they were off and running. You know. And so, um, uh, but then you you get into the murky business of these different cuts of the film. Do do and Rubenstein. Oh yes, Paul. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. He was. Uh, he he was. You know, that's Romero's go-to producer. You know, and so he he just he tapped him because uh, producer. I mean, it's he's he's not just the money man. The executive producer is the money man, but the producer is the guy that like tells you where to put the money. You know, and so and so he, he's really the one that lines out the budget, sets up the catering, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And um and so. So yeah, so, so they got to work, but like I said, we have different alternative cuts. Uh, one, because they wanted to submit to Cannes in 78. And so uh, the first cut of the film was premiered at Cannes. It was a, it, by Romero's words, it was a very fast cut of the film, which ended up being, I want to say, two hours and 20 minutes of the film. Um, and that's, that, that, that's really uh, the, what they call the extended version. Am I correct or incorrect, Matt? I think it's about. I want to say the uh, the extended cut is. It's about 137 minutes. So yeah, it is it is roughly Close. around maybe 139. 220. It's yeah. hard. You know, not everybody agrees on exactly you know how long it is. Right. Uh, but we're looking at about you know just under maybe 20 minutes because the theatrical cut is 127. Right. So it's about 10 minutes longer than the theatrical about 10 cut. Minutes. Or, or so. Do you, do you guys have a preference on which version you like to watch? I'll always go extended, no matter what, just to get as much as okay. I can, you know. Uh, except okay. for the extended version of Empire Records. Have you ever seen that version of, of that movie? Fuck that version. Like the, it, the the theatrical version is the way to go. I'm. It's like the uh, the mall the rats one where it's like the longer and not it literally says the not good version. Exactly. Yeah. The the extra stuff that you know. That you found out after editing it didn't need to be in there in the first place. Um, I mean, you, you trim it up for a reason if you have a good editor. Right, but I mean, but with Dawn of the Dead, there's literally just sh- there's, there's no like sh- the there's day. shots that we're holding, you know, a couple extra seconds here and there, and then and then across, you know, two hours it just becomes ten minutes. Um, yeah. But then you have the theatrical cut, which which the theatrical cut is what Romero signs off on. That's the one that he that he that that he feels is the best version of Dawn of the Dead, but then you have this murky business with Argento, where Argento was allowed a chance to edit the film, and it's I want to say what it's like an hour like forty seven something like that, like it's it's 
it's under it's under two hours. It's it is it's like it's like one seventeen. Wow. It's, wow. it's ten minutes shorter. Okay. And, huh. if, if, okay, so Ryland, you haven't seen uh, either of the other versions. I saw the two hour and twenty seven minute version. Oh, that's the extended. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I saw the extended version on YouTube, guys. You can catch it for, for free, free easy, baby. Easy way to tell whether you've gotten the extended cut or not is Joe Pilato. In yes, we. Joe I Pol- saw that one. It's the extended cut. When they're about to uh, also, Joe Pilato. Uh, he's the guy. He's the guy from Day of the Dead that goes. I'm the one running this monkey farm here, Frankenstein. Uh, oh, yeah, but yeah, but but he I plays. You, if you watch it on YouTube, you'll probably remember him when they were about to leave the news building, and that other and that other crew of cops was trying to leave by boat. That was the the, yeah. the head guy who noticed the the chopper man. That's Joe Pilato. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. it's long long. The guy that was asking the guy that was asking for the cigarettes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah. I mean yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. But that scene. Yes. Yeah. 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 And uh, he's, the, he's the one. I think he has the shotgun. And he's very clearly mm-hmm. the leader, and he's he's menacing them yeah. before Roger yeah. and Peter show up. Uh, yeah. yep. Longtime collaborator of Romero's, yeah. Pittsburgh native. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So but then the Argento cut. I'm getting back to the Argento. Uh, yeah, it was you know again like with Argento putting up the money, he had free reign to make his own edit, and then that's the edit that goes out internationally, which is shorter, it's faster paced, and it has a lot more Goblin soundtrack. It's like this damn near all goblin. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, oops, all I, I love. I love the soundtrack. The soundtrack was was a great addition. Mm-hmm. Argento knew what he was doing. You know, and and it and it just it just it created this whole little other being. You know, the the European version, which you know, again, it's like the Last Jedi. It has its haters. It has its lovers. You know, whatever it is, whatever is your fancy. There's three different versions of this film. Um, so how do you how do you feel about the, the European cut? Oh, I I think that it's it's. It needs to be fleshed out. I, I think that the slow burn of it, plus this the over and over action scenes, like the like the the actions they make in Dawn of the Dead, are like it it, it fills up ninety minutes easy. You know, you know, leaving the, leaving the news station, finding the mall, securing the mall, which is a huge chunk of it, and then of, and then of course the boredom sets in after months of months of being alone with three other people. You know, um, and I, I I think all of it just it spreads out so well. There's no need to kick up the tempo, in my opinion. I mean, maybe maybe Romero could have put a little bit more Goblin in, but as far as the pace, <laughs> as far as the <laughs> the extended cut doesn't even. I think the extended cut doesn't have Goblin. It doesn't, or it's almost no Goblin. It's, yeah, right? it's very synthy, you know, but not a whole lot of ominous Goblin stuff in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've always I I always wanted to see the uh, the European cut because that was always the one we we never had access right. to. Right. And we finally got it back on DVD with like Anchor Bay. They did that ultimate uh, DVD collection that had all three yeah. versions. Also had document and stuff like yeah. that. And I got it, and I watched the extended cut because I think extended cuts usually my favorite because I, I love the additional scenes in it. Mm-hmm. And I watched the director's cut. And I'm like, okay, that's also pretty good. That's the version I watched for this for this discussion, and it yeah. still hits. And then I watched the Argento cut, and like, I th- I think I I think I hate the Argento cut. Oh no! Hey. Like I, it's I had a very visceral reaction watching it, and just being like, Jesus, did you do meth before you fucking edited? I was gonna, I was gonna say, is it is it? It's not big chunks. It's like 
he's he's literally splicing things. Well, there, well it's, he's it's also like, adding he's stuff. From everything. He's also adding things that weren't in either yeah. one of the extended oh. or theatrical cuts. Yeah, you know, like, okay. shots that aren't there before, and like, but it's just all the time. Yeah, leave the building, get yeah. to the mall, secure the mall. You know, it's like it's. Yeah, there's yeah. no, there's no character building. There's no. You need that. Even, that's that's yeah. that's the pacing. You need to have the scene where, you know, uh, they're 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 standing in the hallway when they first get to the mall. And they want to light a cigarette before they go hit the boy. You know, hit the hit the zombies. You know that you need those little lulls to. to humanize to establish and to yeah, establish character establish personality character camaraderie you see you see that between uh raj and 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 uh peter. and peter um uh and you need those little things that's that i think that's where Romero Mar- <laughs> figures knows right that. yeah and so you, you just don't get any of that and it almost feels like the reverse it feels like the the argento cut is what the american cut would be normally that's right that's like, funny yeah this is the blunt force you know rapid no room to breathe version that's our version mm-hmm. and the european Ar- cut is supposed <laughs> to be the slower more methodical artistic cut mm. and yeah. they're switched <laughs> yeah you know? argento's argento's drinking too much espresso man that's, that's, <laughs> that's funny you know? so it's just i don't know I, I was so hyped to see it when I finally saw it. I was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't need to. I don't need to ever see this again." Yeah, agreed. So, yeah, I would definitely though see it. It is a thing you need to experience it because you're going to appreciate the other cuts even more. And I think you know, you're talking about you're studying your film. It's like ten minutes is so much that. Yeah. You know, you don't realize it until you see it in action about just how much. Because I always talk about, you know, how long can you can you linger on a frame? And yeah, how I think much do you have to cut. I think 20, 20 minutes is the magic. That, that twenty minutes to me is the difference. You know, the difference between a, a buck fifty, an hour and fifty minutes, and, and two ten can be the world of difference, Good. or vice versa. You know, a, a hundred, you know, <laughs> an hour and a half versus an hour and fifty. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, the smaller you know, the, the shorter the film, the more impactful it is. But I think twenty minutes is that give or take. In, in, in an extended cut or a director's cut, if it's if it's more than twenty minutes, it's almost an entirely different film, in my opinion. And what's funny is that the first ever wide release that Dawn of the Dead got was overseas, and it was the European cut. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's the first that mass audiences got to see of this movie was the faster paced yeah. Argento cut. And then it finally it finally went to theaters, I want to say eight months after it, it premiered internationally. But um, but actually, I, I wanted to talk about what Romero provided with this narrative and this story, and which we, we talked about with the history between 68 and 78, how these filmmakers and these writers, like they saw Romero and they were just trying to copy that again. And so, and then it yeah. took Romero again to be like, "You guys are fucking this up again." Like, like here, here, give me a fucking pen, <laughs> and, he, and he just writes it, yeah. and and he and he creates this story about, like, not just that initial night, not just that initial battle with these zombies. He he's thinking a week ahead, a month ahead. Like, what does society look like after being affected in this way? Because in Night of the Living Dead, all you're hearing is like radio and TV transmissions, and just and just you know just the, the descriptions of of all these horrible things and how they're having to call audibles on where to stay and what to do. And so it's really just imagination. But then with Dawn, you know, uh, but, but uh, sorry, I, let me back up a second. 
with Night of the Living Dead, it, it's sorry, with Night of the Living Dead, the ending, it kind of gives this feel like it they kind of got wrapped up in that night, like like the authorities were able to eliminate this. Yeah. This little outbreak, and we're all good to go. But then, with the opening of Dawn of the Dead, you find out that is not the case, and and in fact, the zombies have it's taken so over. So hectic. Yeah. Yeah. The, the opening scene is so good. It sets the tone. It's so well done. It's just, erratic. Your anxiety is building really, really fast because people are already starting to turn on each other. It's just, this is hectic. It the, the sound, you know, just the the people talking. You can't really hear what the hell's going on. It's 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 really really good to, uh, tone to start this movie because it just sits it puts you in a position of everything's fucked. <laughs> uh, it's almost man for man, you know man, you know everyone's out for themselves. You see that with the cigarettes with Roger, right? You know the kid, the guy that you know. It's just it's 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 such a good tone to set this movie. Well, I mean, you can you can see it. Oh, brilliant tone. I mean, I mean, you can see it in the in the point counterpoint hosts. On the on the on the TV show, like they were, they were completely at odds, you know, and that's and that yeah. was kind of you know a big message that they wanted to give, not just in Night of the Living Dead, but also going forward, you know, there there are going to be definitively two ways of thinking on how to eliminate or go or or to survive this thing, you know. And did you like how they they stopped talking about like the logistics and the logic of it almost immediately right. and started yeah. attacking each other? Right. Yeah. It's like, like he's he's seeing he's seeing what we're going to do. Like, you know, we, we look back through you know the social media age, mm-hmm. you know, and you know he wasn't quite you know seeing that far in the future maybe, but you know it's like the talk shows that we would see and the the kind of talking head stuff that we get now. It's like it's exactly the same thing. Agreed. Yeah. It's what we get now as what we got in the nineties is the two thousands. What he was aiming for is the tipping that like literally the tip of the iceberg, the tipping point of when everything was, oh, we're going to we might figure this out to where it is. We're, we're done. We're gone. Right. And it's that exact moment. He, you know, he does that in this film where it's it's the very moment that people really start to realize, holy fuck, this is this has really gone south. There's nothing. We can and do. it's so and it's you know, so it's panic. It's panic. You know, it's that first that first true. Panic. And it's so surprising that it, that it took that long for somebody to invent mm-hmm. to invent that narrative with zombies. It's, 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 it, it felt like it was just sitting there like somebody just pick up this ball and run with it. But it, but Romero was just like, OK, I'll do this, you know, and so he did it. And I think he did it perfectly. He showed, you know, survival skills. He showed, you know, like, like, like I love the the rednecks and, the you know, just popping them off. But you like the wives are giving him coffee, you know, in the field to go go hunting for zombies, you know, like like these these are just different ways people deal with this problem, you know. And they're enjoying yeah. it way too much. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, this. Yeah, and, that's what I was saying. They're they're very nonchalant about. Yeah, this. they're and, yeah. And it's they're, it's almost it's an extension of that ending from the first movie where the rednecks are doing that, and it's, yeah, it's like so the same thing. They just, just cops like, show up, just start capping people. Don't you know this is their neighbors? These are people they grew up with. These are yeah. local people. You know these are zombies. They don't. They, they, they didn't. They didn't. You know, travel thirty miles to find you. These are the people that are around. Right, you and they that you probably grew up with, and they're just. And they're just like you got to. No, no you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I missed that yeah. one. Oh, I got that. Interesting. One. Yeah. And it, it, it'd be and it'd be Charlie. I'm like, I did a podcast with that guy. <laughs> so sad. Two whole fucking years. I'd be crying my eyes out. Do you notice they had a howitzer for some reason? They did. They did. I saw <laughs> like, that. Why? Oh, I remember. That? 
my, my, I was watching with somebody, and she asked, why do they have that? And I said, you know what I'm thinking? It's a post. These are World War One guys. I'm sorry, World War II yeah, guys. baby boomers. These yeah. guys were fought in war. These, you know, if this is 1968, these guys fought in World War Two more than likely. Yeah. So they brought that shit back. They were like, man, I'm bringing my machine gun back. Why not? Yeah. I mean, we're, we killed lots of Nazis. with. You this never thing. know. The zombies might take over. Yeah. And, um, and man, uh, a sidebar here, this this opening thing with the rednecks um, that we see later on, too, with the, the gun shop is, good lord, if you're if you're like me and you're a gun guy, hmm. this movie is a fucking wet mm-hmm. dream. <laughs> There's so many guns. Holy Different so types cool of guns, guns yeah. So many, th- I, like, I had to go onto the Internet Movie Firearms Database because I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't identify some, like, half of this stuff to stuff I'd never seen. And it's, it's, especially, so yeah, especially hard. when the bikers show up, I'm like, yeah. what the hell is that thing? Mm. So, um, it's just like, you get this feeling that, and we never really get a, a good firm time frame in this movie either about how long it's been. Right. But it, it feels like it hasn't been long. But it's definitely it's after night. But we just don't know, and it's hard to tell. And you never really get a good sense of time in this movie because, you know, it just doesn't want you to have that. Which is a genius um, point on Romero's part. Yeah. 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 So which is I saw I saw on the internet like through fandom rumors they're thinking this is only a week week to two three weeks after after night. And there's some comics that kind of expand on the newsroom stuff uh, too, yeah. which. And they're not canon, but they give you some kind of idea. But I, I prefer it just. I don't want to know. It's just. Yeah. We're what is it? What's what's the the old thing? We're always three square meals away from rioting. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. and it's very obvious they're already falling apart. Oh. And it hasn't yeah. been much. And we just we just don't look good. Like, as people, as a human exactly. species, the second we get pushed at all, we crumble in this movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's just you know we went through the pandemic and it's just like you always want to go well you know we'll do better we'll do better and it's like i don't know i don't think so i'm not sure i'm not sure yeah it's 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 terrifying how volatile the system we live in and people that no no i mean it's It's, you're talking just it's it's just like when it snows or ice is here in texas yeah you can see yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it unravels real hours. quick. Yeah, yeah. And they know that it's going to be back up to forty degrees in two days, and all the ice and snow will melt, and everything will be fine. But well, so can you imagine a, a you know a virus outbreak or a legitimate nobody flesh eating zombie can wipe their asses? Yeah. Um, so it's it's it it is a it's kind of like Charlie said. It's baffling they didn't come up with this idea prior to like and do it really well like Don did. Till seventy-eight. Yeah, because it, it hits on so many different allegories. I mean, I mean, like 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 you said, you know, with the you know the pandemic and and how society would react in that situation and and just this overrun. <clears throat> you know, then of course you know there's the obvious allegory to consumerism and how the zombies are just yeah. drawn to this mall just because that's just what they feel they need to do. Like that like that's just in their in their just just inner inner making. They just have to go to the mall. I, I saw the, the scene where they're trying to, you know, one of the scenes in, in midpoint, I think when they're trying to bust through one of the, the doors, it was and this is well before I'm thinking Black Friday deals were going right. on. Uh, and Ramiro lit I mean I've seen this on YouTube and it was almost frame for frame. 
these these Black Friday people nowadays, or it's gotten better now. They've spread it out, I think, to where I, I, I remember the early aughts. I was at a Best Buy in 2003, and I thought people, like, I was scared for my safety. Yeah. Very, very belligerent we had, people. We tried yeah. to make a system out of it, and, and, and they've got it because the invention of the internet has gotten much better where people can just buy this shit online. Yeah. But there was a time 10, 15 years ago where people were having to show up physically and it was terrifying yeah. for these retail workers and i saw that and i was like oh this is total com- com- uh, consumerism and materialistic things and 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 you see that in 1978 and and the and the humans on, on of the story aren't aren't guilt-free in this allegory as well yeah no i mean yeah. they're, they're enjoying the spoils of this mall you know, like they're choosing not to go somewhere else or trying to go find other people. Like they're they're themselves just being survivalists, you know. And they and they they found themselves a good spot, and so they're not. I never thought of it that yeah. way, Charlie. I never thought of it as them having resources and, and with the helicopter and having a guy who's capable of flying and two military men yeah. and in in the amount of ammunition they have and the trucks they could. You're right. They could have like they could have hunkered in and. and, and built up this massive cool uh, Armageddon truck and went out and tried to yeah. save people. But they didn't. But they chose not to. Yeah, they... It's the dead reckoning we'd see Well, later. It, yeah. think yeah. about how to, like, really, and that's also pretty realistic to me because these people, this is this is it. This is the this is the end of the world, man. This yeah. is Armageddon. But they, but they still st- took those stacks of money out of the bank. And he, yeah. sa- and he yeah. said, you never know. You never know. You, you never, never know. know. And it's... It's hey, it's always toilet paper at the very least. Right? <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. and I love that photograph, that black and white shot that they get. Oh, like, I do too. It's yeah, such a great hilarious. iconic image of, like, it, if you if you understand but, the backstory, it is, yeah. It is true human nature, though. You're always going to care about yourself, mm-hmm. or let's say your immediate wife, kids, more than any other motherfucker right. on the planet. And and then also and and then <laughs> yeah, and and that greed, you, you know, know, like. You're, the, the lady who cuts your hair for 30 years, uh, you, you know, your priest you, you go to, whoever, doesn't matter anymore. Like any political riot you've moment. ever seen in your life, there's still a yeah. guy taking a TV. When people are eating other humans, everything's off the table. Exactly. Though, so. Exactly. So, yeah, at the, at the end of the day, the only things that, that really matter for the end of the world is how much food do you have, mm-hmm. how much water do you have, yeah. how much Protection. ammunition do you have. Shelter, yeah. That's it. But these people are thinking about how much makeup they need and, and what outfit they're going to wear that day. And, you know, and like, you know, going skating in the skating rink, you know, they're like, like they were definitely, you know, trying to act like it wasn't fucking there, you know? Yeah. And it's. And I think at the beginning of it, they really, I don't think they're necessarily starting out that way. I think they think this is a good place to stop and catch our breath exactly. and get our, you know, resupply. Yeah. Let's help you know, others. Yeah. Bullets don't come from nowhere. You know? Exactly. Food doesn't come from nowhere. But as soon as they get in and they see all this stuff and they think, yeah, we can use all this stuff. And it becomes... Coveted. Yeah, maybe we don't have to go anywhere anymore. Yeah. We stay here. And, you know, I don't I don't know that they set out to be any like, we're going to be here forever. But it's like, yeah, we can just be here. We can just have this stuff. And huh? just so let all this genius. shit go on outside and... Yeah, that's genius idea. Like, I mean, it's practically just a giant ark, you know, or a, or a, whatever you want to call it, a the sanctuary. Yeah, it, it, it's sanctuary. It's, it has every little shop has every little thing. You all, you know, it, it's all there. Right. And and like I said, it was a new idea to these people in the seventies. They've never seen something like, and they probably saw little tiny strip malls and stuff like that. But but a mega mall like this with escalators yeah. and 
and and two stories and a food court and all this shit. I mean, it, it was probably pretty pretty cool. Right, and and then even after Roger giving his life to the cause, you know, they they still yeah. just kind of stuck around. You know, they they were too scared to go anywhere else. You know, they. I, I love the Roger makeup when he when the, oh, the blanket comes off. Romero did a great job with that ah. scene with the with the TV report playing in the background, oh. like knowing there's still the, the, stuff the, the, happening. The, the cover moving, the cover that first little movement of the of the cover mm-hmm. is pretty scary. That's some shit where that that's the kind of stuff that was. Well, I mean, that kind of gives. Well, you I mean, you, you think about that classic season one Walking Dead episode where the two sit where the two yeah. sisters are on the boat. You know, and then and then it cuts to whenever she dies, and then you see her pupils. I mean, that's that's. I mean, they literally ripped that out of of Dawn of the Dead. You know, like like it's such inspiration for great zombie storytelling. Um, and and then the fact that he has so many fucking bangers in one fucking movie. You know, just just like he did with Night of the Living Dead. I mean, he changed the game in three different ways. Again, Dawn of the Dead, he changed it again, and he provided. Yeah. New filmmakers, another avenue of creativity and zombie culture to where they, oh, oh, it's a whole timeline now. So they can fuck with the timeline. They can fuck with the different ways zombies happen. You know, where, like where before before Dawn of the Dead, people were obsessed with how they came to be. When when after 78, it was like, fuck it. Who gives a fuck where they came from? You know, yeah, like we, we just. We, we know the story. Let's yeah, let's just do an apocalypse yeah. movie, you know. And um and I, I think it's, it's just, it's just great. I'm so glad that Romero made this movie. Yeah. I'm glad that Argento believed in him. I'm glad. I'm glad that we have this lore of the movie. I'm glad we have the three different cuts. You know, it's it's a great uh, well, movie. We got to talk a little bit about Tom Savini. I, okay. I, one, you know, his makeup in this is is, is amazing. Debut feature. I, I do find it the the, the funny scene that I was going to ask you guys about was, of course, the the helicopter head chop off. <sighs> um, knowing it's coming. <laughs> He's got such a like little Frankenstein looking skull yeah. cap. You know, it, it's 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 almost comical. I always laugh. I'm like, <laughs> that's the guy that obviously gets his head chopped off because he's wearing he's wearing a Frankenstein fucking <laughs> wig. That's funny. Yeah. You know, there's 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 six inches of cotton on top of that guy's skull, <laughs> and it just looks a little off. Tom, I, I mean, he's amazing in this. He he's he's lights out, and this is early early. You know, this is zombie first, makeup. This first one, like I said, he, he 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 wanted to mimic 68s, and he painted them this black and white kind of gray. And it came out blue. It doesn't look good on camera. He's even said that numerous times. They're, oh, the blue zombies. The, yeah. I oh, yeah. He also he also uh, he also talked about the color of the blood in the film, how he didn't mm-hmm. like it. It was it was too yeah. fluorescent for yeah, his liking. Too yeah. red, too fluorescent. And, and, but also, he's in the film as one of the bad bikers. And I I don't know. He has so much charisma. Mm-hmm. Every time I see Tom Savini on film, he's usually playing the same guy. Yeah. Leather. He has a bit wearing yeah. fucking cool guy with his knives or his guns and his goatee but he's just really really charismatic and every time he's on film i'm like ah i just laugh i just smile because i'm like he's is he a good actor or is that just who he is one of the he's either just playing exactly himself which i think he is and he's not acting at all uh but but him as a person is that enjoyable to watch i think that's good, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and, and uh, this... I don't, I don't think he's the greatest actor. I just think he's like, I'm gonna be me, and he's always the, kind of the same guy. So, and he has fun with it. You can tell he's really having fun. Well, I mean, it's it's like Romero. So, I mean, it's like, you know, give him a chance to. Hey, you want to get on camera? Like, like, like we're, we're just making a fucking movie yeah. here. You know, it's it's no big deal. Also, it would save us some money if you would. It would. It would. <laughs> I was gonna say money. Um, I gotta hire a whole new cast credit, member. Yeah, you gotta go through the union. He was he was a good little baddie in this. He he, you know, the, the the biker gang came in pretty hard. That was that was another to me. That was 
more terrifying than the zombies were. Well, I mean, it's the horde of human beings coming at you is way more scary to me than than these type of zombies. These are the easy zombies, guys. We didn't talk about that too much, but these are the real. Oh yeah, when they're overtaking them all. Yeah. I mean, they're you know, they're, I mean, even in certain situations, they're just slapping these fuckers in the face and punching them out. And I mean, it's 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 like fighting a toddler. I mean, but it's it's. But I mean, but so. But how many toddlers can you take? Exactly. So I'm saying. I mean, one of them's gonna bite you on the leg, and you're done. But I mean, I'm gonna be kicking and fighting toddlers like I am in this film. They seemed a little easy with it. If you had a butt of a gun, or a good right hook, you could get away from the one-on-one action. Yeah, but I, I I still find the the slow moving zombie to be more scary. Like it, yeah. it, the 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 exis, existential dread thing. Mm-hmm. The they're never gonna stop is the point of right. it. Right. Yes. They're, they are but, the old army. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But like like Sun Tzu said, everything you take from your enemy is worth twice what you have. Right. Ooh. Every zombie, when he kills one of your guys. Yep. He makes a new guy for their side. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and you can't ever keep up with that. You so, want hey, you want a, you want a deep cut? Bebe's kids. We don't die, we multiply. <laughs> so, great words spoken by a great man. Um yeah, yeah. but uh And I don't know about you guys if you've ever ever shot guns or not before, but um mm-hmm. you know, getting shooting a target in the in the head, you know, the uh, the thing oh, that's yeah. small it's not nearly as easy as this movie makes it look like. Oh, yeah. No, it's 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 ridiculously hard. It shows. It's tough. Especially it's any not- moving object. If 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 you're not stationary and it's not stationary, your odds your odds go down so drastically, it's not even fair. So it's that's another tough. thing, too. The movies get that so wrong, it's unbelievable. Even if you're a trained professional, you know, yeah. it, it's still, it's so much harder than it looks. And, you know, the movie makes it look kind of effortless, you know, and they're all shooting six shooters. They're all they're all shooting these revolvers, and I'm like, I, I'd run out of bullets a lot. <laughs> yeah. and I'd just be constantly enter. reloading in the movie, just always fumbling and <laughs> <laughs> just constantly reloading because a six shooter is one thing, but in 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 on top of that, with the adrenaline going, it's impossible. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I I wanted to ask, did uh, did y'all ever hear about the alternate ending? To this film, uh, yes, it is. Uh, I mean, I mean, I Matthew, if you talk about bleak with this movie, I mean, the alternate <laughs> ending, Rylan, get Rylan, Rylan, get this shit. So you, so you know the scene in the movie where um, Fran has already made it to the roof. She's in the chopper. She's starting mm-hmm. to the chopper. Uh, Peter is in that is in that last Peter's room. And he has that one shooter up to his head. Yep. The alternate the alternate right. ending Im- implies that he went ahead and offed himself. And yep. then uh, Fran was killed by standing up too too high in the in the prop blades and getting killed by the propeller of the helicopter. So everybody just Ouch. everybody just dies. But, I mean, but not even by yeah, zombie, yeah. but by zombies, by just accident and I thought, suicide. I thought the ending was a little, uh, you know, blasé. I would have taken the, uh, the 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 shit way out. I'd, I'd have been way more impactful. Which, which leads me to, to my next question, which is. Uh, what do you think happened to Peter and Fran and the baby? I think oh. that I think that she had enough skill to land that helicopter, but not in a good spot. Not in a good spot. They they were already up 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 Shit's Creek. There there was nothing they could do. They didn't have much ammunition, guns at all. 
I think he dropped. He gave the, oh. the, the guy his gun, right? And and they're, so they're they're they're. Dumb. Well, I mean, the best line in the movie, like from from where I'm standing, is how much fuel do we have? Not yep, a lot. Not and a then lot. he goes, okay. <laughs> All right. And that's the and movie. That's, I mean, that's and the then thing. roll it's credits. Very, yeah. It's very uneventful. Yeah. Very uneventful ending. If, if but it's also that's pretty bleak and, and pretty. We got enough bleakness out of this film. That's why I think. Romero's like we gotta have some hope. Yeah, but here, there's, I but there's. I don't know. I I love the I love the the uh, idea the ending that they go with. Um, I think it's I love that it's so understated, right? And that it's just they 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 the crushing reality of oh yeah we we fucked this up real good yeah, <laughs> and they just yeah, gotta, yeah. now you just gotta go away and and, and I was pretty yes. sure. What, you know, Peter was gonna do it. I mean, he had the one. He had it. He he had the little, the little derringer. He was ready. He had it planned out. He was sitting there waiting and waiting. And I'm like, that's the way to go in these films. That's you know, that's the that's you don't want to be one of those things. So you don't want to be Captain Rhodes. And, and no. I thought that was you know, and then she that gave that gave her enough time to to get to safety. But I thought I thought it was a good touch to have them both. Either they both die or they both live. I mean, but it's a great commentary on. Like why? Like why are you even doing that? Like yeah. like like you? They're going to get you. Why did? Yeah. Like they're going to get yeah. you eventually. And, and, and yeah. They were bored to tears after just months of this. this and they were so. And they were so. World, it, it, and they were in the cushiest environment possible. Well, like those 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 cycle those I mean, those motorcycle gangs when they got up to the glass door they were like you can just literally push this thing. Like yeah. like that's how that's how complacent they had gotten, living in that yeah. mall was they were just so just. We're protected, whatever. And so the first bit of, of opposition comes in. They let the zombies in. Then it's a massacre, yeah. you know? It's interesting. Oh, yeah. But uh, but we got to rate this movie, fellas. Um, I'm, I'm excited to hear what your ratings are. Matthew, with our, as our guest, I would love to hear, out of 10 stars, what you would give this film. Uh, this, is, this is tough. Because, um, you know, fourth time being on here, this is the first movie I've I've talked about on here that is like a legit masterpiece. You yes, know? sir. Fist, I loved Fist the North Star, but you know it's 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 a hot mess of a movie if you don't if you don't know what's right. what's going on with the characters. You know, Friday the Thirteenth, as good as Part Six is, it's still a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Right. And you know, like I said, Ready to Rumble. I, w- I was not the biggest fan of of Ready to Rumble. It was a reason to talk a, about wrestling, basically. Yeah. As a film itself, more as an experience, but this this is just this is straight banger. This <laughs> this movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. I, I've seen this movie dozens and dozens of times. You know, I've seen both the theatrical and the extended cut dozens of times. I've seen the Argento cut once. Okay, um, you know. I don't think there are perfect movies. My boy but Ryan. I think agreed. As agreed. a as a zombie movie, as a movie, this is this is about as close to perfect for a zombie movie as you get. Oh. This is like this is like this has gotta be for me, it's gotta be like a nine point five. Nine point five, baby. Just, I thought you were gonna go higher. I thought this was gonna be a nine eight, a nine seven, nine nine. No, nine five is my is my brain. Vote. Right. Yeah. My heart vote is this is a ten all day, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a yeah. ten all day. Predator numbers. The logical yeah. the logical side said take off half a point. Exactly. Half a point. Yeah. It's like, but it's like 
think about this. You show this movie to a, to a kid now. They might like it. They might not, right? right? But I bet you they're going to go, well, this is just like The Walking Dead. This is just like blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's like, no. This is the movie that made yeah, yeah, those yeah. other movies right. into cliches. Yeah. This is, you know, it's like when people go back and watch, in anime, people go back and watch some of the 70s robot shows and are like, Jesus, it's so cliche. It's like, no, this is the thing that made those things. Right. Yeah. This is the this is the standard bearer. Everything is judged by this. It's like when we talked about Jaws. <laughs> Every shark movie is judged by Jaws. Exactly. Yeah. Every zombie movie is judged by this and Night. Agreed. You know? So I don't know how you can be. It's so lean. It's so mean. Even in the extended cut, I want more of it. Yeah. Agreed. You know, just I love these characters. You know, Raj and Peter have, you know, they have the best bromance and horror. <laughs> you know? They love, oh, well they love clearing Fran those is, zombies. Yeah. Fran is, you know, a final girl, you know, and she's not, she's considering what Barbara was in the first movie. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's a much stronger character. and You know, is Barb. And Fran is, Fran is so much better than Barb in every way. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's just I don't I don't want to feel like I'm just jerking this movie off, but I, I feel so. But I do feel sad when Fran uh, turns him down for the marriage. I felt bad for my boy, mm. dude. You know, he was crushed. Well, he's kind of a dickhead, anyways. You know? yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, but also that that kid is gonna be. Fun. Oh, if we even get that far, <laughs> he's yeah. Smoking and drinking the whole oh, movie. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Did not care. I mean, if you were if you're a if you're born in the zombie world, I'd hope you were gonna be a little jacked. You're gonna be a little, uh, you know. Um, so, so yeah, Ryland. Nine point five, absolute classic. It, I think it's arguably you can argue that it's Romero's best movie. Um, I still really love Day of the Dead a lot, and I really love Martin. I think Martin. Nobody gives Martin enough respect. Yeah. You know. Great so, story. or the crazies, but. I think this is probably like if we have to pick, is this the best of his movies? I mean, it's it's hard not to pick this one. Yeah. It's just it's just a, it's an absolute banger, guys. I can't I can't say enough good things about it, and the things that I could say that are bad about it all feel petty and nitpicky yeah. bullshit. Right? Yeah. So what about you, Ryland? I mean, that's uh, where I'm gonna go yeah. with it. That's where I'm gonna go. I think it's I think of course. Romero 68 started the game, but this is the one that really, really set the pace. And it, and every zombie movie bows down to this. Uh, I, I think it's a nine. I'm gonna give it a nine two, Ooh, nine point two. My boy Ryland with a nine. I wanted two. to go nine. I wanted to go nine zero. Oh, I wanted to just go nine flat, but it just it gets that extra two points just because of how much weight it has in what we're talking about here. Yes, I could be nitpicky. It was it, it was. Either the blood was off. Where yeah. It looks, the, yeah, the, the the zombies are blue, and some of the cheesiness of you know the the big head guy, the big forehead guy. You, he, we know he's getting his head chopped right. off. I mean, but it's it's just it is hey, what zombie movies right. are. It, the, the the acting is is phenomenal. The pacing, some of the shots. I love the scope shots of Peter. Yeah. You know when he's just. I love some of these these little subtle things that that Romero did to 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 uptick the movie. The, the, the soundtrack, uh, Argento soundtrack, really added to it to mm-hmm. me. Um, and it's just overall, I think, probably in most people's top three zombie movies, so it deserves oh. its, its due. 
It's a nine. It's a nine something to to to, to people right. that really really appreciate it for what it it's is. In the nines, baby, and I can't disagree with you. Um, yeah, like ever. I mean, I can't say any more great about it, man. Like I, I, I there's not really much more to add. You know, it is. It's straightforward. Like I said, like everything they're doing makes sense. It's logical. You know, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna build a you know a barricade, these are the things you got to do. You know, luckily they had the people in place. They had two soldiers. They had a pilot, and they had and they had a tough ass woman that was willing to to that wanted to be part of the of the crew. You know, <clears throat> and and just all that together, plus the the allegory. You know, the message it was trying to give off. You know, the 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 new way in which Romero painted the zombies. You know, as as more of a metaphor than anything else. You know, uh, you, you got to give it up to him. And so with that, I mean, I got to give it like a 9.7. Like, it is so Woo! good. Woo! Like, uh, this is probably my... It's a very it's a very high average for us. Um, I've probably seen this movie about, uh, I want to say six times. My sixth time watching this movie. I've, I've seen, like, all three versions. Plus, you know, w- Scattershot, whichever version, however many times. And it's still like you pick up something new every single time you watch this film. Oh, it, it holds Absolutely. up. It, it, it holds the fuck up. And you're just like, and, and that's another key for for new viewers, especially younger people. It holds the fuck up. Right. It, it's so engaging, and it it it's still like I said. There's some ties to to people are still doing this shit forty right. years later, fifty years later. They're still into materialistic things and and consumerisms and all those 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 things so it's yeah it's 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 a classic baby i love this yeah it makes you makes you ask those questions you know like what what would i do in a zombie apocalypse would i do this would i do that would i go look for help would i would i barricade myself in a mall you know like how would i survive would i even want to survive you know these are all just fantastic questions to ask in this scenario and then it bleeds into your own real life which is even more of a fucking mind fuck, you know? And so, uh, congrats to, to Romero for making this movie. Uh, Matt, I can't thank you enough for joining us, dude. Uh, I love having uh, these conversations with you about movies. Uh, I love love your opinions, love your insights, and we'd love to have you back for a fifth time. But we got to make sure Boat gets his his spot in first, you know, to, to, to keep it competitive. Um, we got to spread exactly, them out. exactly. Um, I don't know. It's it's been it's always been it's always been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm just glad that you have me back. Um, I could do this shit for hours. It doesn't okay. matter. It's it's always a great time. Spit this shit for right. hours. So, but we're you know as long as you guys have me back, I'll I'll talk about whatever the fuck you guys want me to talk about. <laughs> McConaughey rom coms next. No, uh, no, but we're. Uh... I'm gonna. Some liquid courage, but I can do it. <laughs> well, we're reaching uh, Malden uh, level uh, numbers here on on time, so uh, we got to go ahead and wrap this thing up, man. Uh, Rowan, thanks for the time, always. Matt, again and again. Next week, we have uh, our, my, our another guest coming in of a huge zombie fan, uh, Nicole Highness, who actually talked about Army of the Dead with us. Uh, back last year yeah. uh, she's coming back for another zombie round I uh, can't wait to, to talk with her catch up with her and, and get her opinions on Day of the Dead and what uh, I get to drop my I get to drop my selection too for weeks ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited I'm excited let's go baby let's go Jeez. yes and so so Rylan's choice I'm such a, I'm so Rylan's choice will be revealed on the next episode episode 87 and uh, but yeah uh, I'm excited for the next couple episodes of Fear 4. Uh, we knew it was going to be a grind this month, and we are down to give you guys this content. Uh, we hope you're enjoying it, uh, and we hope you come back after October uh, to see what we have planned after that, guys. So, 
Uh, so, for Matthew Smith and Rylan Johnson, my name is Travis Thompson, and we have been spitting the real shit. We'll see you guys next time. Rise, rise.